the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. What's going on, Chicago? This is the John Anthony Show, Black and Right. I am your guest host today, Aaron Delmar. And with me is my senior, former Republican chairman of Illinois, Pat Brady. Pat, thank you so much for coming in the studio. Great to be here, Aaron. I know it's it's hard for you to get some time away. You know what I mean? You have uh, so much on your plate being a Democrat and all now um, and fighting for the other side. But we're glad to have you on our conservative radio. I wouldn't go that far, but it'll be a fun (laughs) three hours. You got a lot to learn, young man. Oh, there's a lot to be taught. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. We're going to have a couple of really great hosts, uh, guests on here today. We have uh, Congressman Mike Boss. We're going to have he's the best uh, Illinois Republican Chairman Don Trace. He's going to be on another good guy. And uh, we've got several candidates that are running for judge um, in Cook County, which you know that's an uphill climb right there. I mean, you were an attorney, or you are an attorney, yeah. uh, former federal prosecutor, by the way, and right? state. States attorney. And states attorney. We should talk about that race, too. That'll be interesting. That should be an interesting race. I, I, you know, I'm sad to see Jim Durkin didn't make, uh, chose not to join the ballot. You know anything about it? No, I, he, uh, I take him at his word uh, from the comments he made in the paper. And, and the reality is, you might as well get into it right away. Uh, Donald Trump's at the top of the ticket. That's a huge drag down ticket. And he Trump lost Illinois by a million votes twice. And if he's at the top of the ticket going into the next cycle, it's going to be impossible for a Republican to win in Cook County. It doesn't sound like you're a huge Donald Trump fan. I mean, what's going on with that, Pat? I mean, you're no, a not. true and tried Republican, man. He's the former president. He's polling in the upper 40s right now uh, across the nation. And some of the uh, you know battleground states, he's, he's beating Joe Biden by several points outside of the margin of error. Well, uh, I'm a Reagan Republican, and Trump's a populist. And uh, <laughs> if anybody thinks that uh, Trump has been good for the Republican Party in general, give us a call. But no, I think there are other uh, good candidates this time around. That, will, that actually pull better against Biden than than Trump does. And the reality is, and as a former federal prosecutor, Trump goes to trial March 4th on the January 6th case in federal court. And that looks like it's a go. He lost a bunch of big court decisions yesterday uh, in his assertions of uh, presidential privilege. And so this thing looks like it goes March 4th. So he could be probably convicted by May 1st. And if that's the case, uh, he will not be able to vote for himself in November. Well, you know, as you bring it up, and you, I know you are that former federal prosecutor, you, you think this is a legit case? You don't think, like, all these are all trumped up? I mean, a lot of, a lot of us on the uh, hard right side are really thinking that these are trumped up charges by the Biden administration to try to take out their biggest competitor because they know that if Donald Trump is on the ticket um, come Election Day, that's the end of Joe Biden. Yeah, I don't think that's a calculation, especially the guy that brought the case. This is the case where they attacked the Capitol. And the only defendant in that case is uh, President, former President Trump. 
And the people that are going to be testifying against him are all Republicans. It's going to be Mark Meadows, the founder of the Freedom Caucus. It's going to be Mike Pence, his former vice president. Given what happened in the last week, some of the statements, it's going to be Kevin McCarthy. And there's going to be a lot of people that were Trump people uh, back in the day will be testifying against him, including some of his former so-called lawyers, Sidney Powell and these other people. So to the the notion that this is somehow the, the Biden, that Joe Biden could somehow doctor the Justice Department or manipulate the Justice Department or manipulate an independent counsel in this case to charge President Trump because it helps him politically is just utter nonsense. Well, and you don't think that these guys are out just to try to save their skins and they're turning yellow and running in the opposite direction because, you know, even if they know it's not the right thing to do, they're not standing up for, for President Trump. Why would they? The indictment, if you read through the indictment, the scheme that he, Sidney Powell, and others came up with, and it's not just people like me. It's like Judge Lytle, the, one of the most conservative justices in the uh, appellate court justices in the country, in the history of the country, has said that the conduct on January 6th, this is a completely legitimate uh, use of, of, of the Justice Department's resources, and it's a very legitimate case. I mean, that's the only defense he has. You never hear the president or his people defending his actions. It's always he's a victim. And again, go back and read the indictment, which I did over last weekend, and it's, it's a pretty solid case. But then he's got the documents case coming up after that. But that's going to take a long time to go to trial. I don't like the New York stuff at all. I think yeah. that's a bunch of BS. It should never have been brought. And I said at the time, at least the criminal cases should have never been brought. And the one in Georgia I don't like because I think they overcharged it. Right. And these RICO cases, I mean, from what I've been reading, I, you know, I'm not the attorney <clears throat> over here, but from the RICO cases, you know, that's the whole play, right? Try to try to indict as many human beings as you can and see how many of them you can get to flip. Now, well, there's two kind of couple theories on that. That's the way. And again, I, I'm not real big on the prosecutor down in Georgia, I think. She made a comment early on that she's here because God put her here. We go, that's not the role of the prosecutor. You're supposed to represent both sides, meaning that everybody in this country is presumed innocent and tri- entitled to a fair trial and a fair process. And when she make com- makes comments like, I'm here because God put me here, it makes me wonder if her motivations are pure. I still think the case is pretty good. It's way too complicated. It's overcharged. They charge too many defendants. But a lot of these folks now that have been charged in Georgia are now cooperating uh, in Georgia, and I, I believe they're cooperating in the federal case. So, well, how do you think he's going to get a fair shake? I mean, it's impossible to get a fair shake in in Washington D.C. He lost it by like ninety percent. I mean, they they went and picked the right venue to try to charge him with because they're going to stack the deck against him with that jury. No, that's not what they, they picked him there because that's where it happened, and that's how you how you pick venues for that. I've been in that grand jury. That jury pool will not be as good for him in D.C. as it will be down in in Florida, where the judge monitoring the case or overseeing the case is a Trump appointee and has made some pretty bizarre rulings. In fact, the first ruling she made, uh, the appellate court said this exists nowhere in law. Not to get too much into the weeds, the, the two federal cases are solid cases. Uh, the state stuff I, I've, I've never really liked, but notwithstanding, they're still there. And the state thing, think about this too. If this actually ever does go to trial, the Georgia case, again, the New York case, I think is going to be a not guilty. But the Georgia case, he can't pardon himself on a state case. Right. To only do it on federal cases. So I'm, I'm taking that if Trump is on the ballot uh, in the general election and bypasses a couple of, of these lawsuits, you're not going to be voting for him? You're not going to be going with the Republican Party? You're going to be voting for Grandpa Joe? Uh, I have never voted for Donald Trump. I never will vote for Donald Trump. I've been following this guy for 40 years since he blew up the United States Football League. <laughs> <laughs> He's a con man. But no, I, I, there are I, there are some really good Republican candidates running from Governor DeSantis to Nikki Haley to 
Chris Christie, and, and that's that's probably Vivek. I'm not real impressed with, but I'm going to vote for a Republican if it's not Trump. Oh, you'd be one of them. You know, <clears throat> Pat, you've been doing this game for a long time, and so have I. We've been doing this for for, for decades, right? In your case, what like you had a century in this game already. Um, what do you think about people that run in Republican primaries for no point, right? When you got two people that are very much almost a hundred percent on the issues, they vote the same way, they're supported by the same group. Um, like, what's the point of that? It's selfish, right? You think it's all about that? It's, it's all about them, and and you know we, like you said, we've all been involved in party politics. I walked my first precinct in 1972 for Richard Nixon, and there's part of being. And Don Tracy can talk about this, and all your guests can. It's part of being a party is, and Reagan used to recognize this. You got to play ball, and you got to. You may not agree with everybody, but you got you got to you got to try to do your best to get along. And when you're when you're wasting resources on a race like. We're seeing down in Southern Illinois against a longtime conservative endorsed by Trump. It, it doesn't make much sense. We can, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense either. And speaking of that, guess who I have our first callers coming in here? We have Congressman Mike Boss on the line. Congressman, are you there? Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for getting on uh, getting on with us up here in Chicago. I know it's a little bit out of your district, but we love having you on. I have uh, former uh, Republican Chairman Pat Brady with us on here today. And so, how's everything going down there in Southern Illinois? How's the campaign looking? Well, you know, we've got organization, we've got momentum, we got our message. We're trying to get out there. We've got a lot of support. I filed with uh, over five thousand. Well, I had it was five thousand one hundred and sixty-one uh, signatures last Monday. Um, you know, it's a conservative district, uh, and and it, it's you know, it's it. Many of you know that know me. I know Pat knows knows this, but but. Look, my districts have always been real close, uh, and and we've managed to win Republican, Democrat districts as a Republican. Now, this is the most Republican district ever drawn in the state of Illinois. It's one-third of the state. But I'm telling you what, it's great going around uh, to the 34 counties because except for Carbondale, they pretty well all think alike. You know, they're pro-life. Uh, they're pro Second Amendment. They believe in the Constitution. They believe the federal government that its job is to uh, do everything it's supposed to be in the Constitution, secure our borders, which they're not doing right now, uh, provide for national defense. Uh, all of those things, and the only thing they need to do inside our borders is interstate commerce. Everything else should be the states, and, and that's pretty well what my district is like. And you know, the, I'm blessed beyond measure the the fact that I'm a the uh, that I'm the um, chairman of the VA committee and, and the work we're doing there. But the advantage of that is, well, first off, so it's been 42 years since there's been a full committee, committee chair uh, in Congress south of Springfield in the state of Illinois. And that the last time it wasn't a Republican, I can tell you that. But um, so so it, it's going good. We're, we're out on doing the things we're supposed to be doing. You know, we're we're getting all those endorsements that we need to get, and we're working hard on it. Well, Congressman, we want to talk to you some more. We're going to cut to a quick commercial break, and we're going to bring you right back on because I know uh, Pat and I got some great questions for you. And just let's do a quick commercial, and we'll be right back with you. We are return to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. 
Welcome to the John Anthony Show, Black and Right. I'm your guest host today, Aaron Delmar. On with me right now is our Congressman uh, Mike Boss from Southern Illinois, and in the studio is former Republican Chairman and now Democratic Operative Pat Brady. Oh, Aaron, God, where's John Anthony when you need him? <laughs> Congressman, so you know, you're a former Marine, and once a Marine, always a Marine, one of the strongest conservatives in, in the country. Certainly in oh, Illinois, for yeah. sure, by far. Right, you, you, you served in the Illinois House. You were fighting against Mike Madigan. One of the greatest memories I have about you, Congressman, is that, that YouTube video that's out there when you just got so aggravated um, when they were giving you these thousand-page buds itching. You threw it up in the air, and you're like, let my people go. Um, you know, I think that bodes well for you down in Southern Illinois, and I think you're going to get a lot of support from that. What are you seeing? Well, it is. It's a case. You know, there was a reason I did that. I think sometimes right now we're seeing men and people that are in politics that try to get reactions like I got from that. Unfortunately, they spend more time focusing on that than they are actually on doing the job. Remember, the reason I threw that fit is Madigan had an iron fist, an iron grip on the state of Illinois. And up until the time he got charged, he did. And um and he was leading us down a path. We were we were trying to work on a bill to fix the pension system in the state of Illinois, and we've been working a long time on that. But unfortunately, right now, I'm I'm dealing with a whole group of people uh, that 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 you know the reality of when we were in the minority, you communicate, but when you become in the majority, you have to legislate, and 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 legislate you need to do for, to make it better for the nation. And that doesn't mean you compromise your morals, but you do have to find common ground. That's the way our constitution was written. And that's why it's. You know, and the frustration that you can feel when the Republicans did what they did when they ousted Kevin, um, you know, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm great with the new speaker that there, too. But the, the problem is, is we are going to have to govern and and we're working. And, and I like to refer to myself, especially on the campaign trail, because that's what I explain to people. I'm a governing conservative. A governing conservative is that we realize that you're still going to have to have, in this case, we've got to have 218 votes to move, move anything. And so we've got to go out and find that. And that means we've got to find common ground for at least 218 people, if not more. But then you've got to try, to try to get it over to the Senate and not have them jam you because, remember, they're controlled by the Democrats. You know, Congressman, when you threw that paper up, you were not grandstanding. That was very well deserved. 100% authentic. We watched, I lived that thing, and you were doing the exact right thing. I think the only person that looked really scared there was Jim Durkin, though, sitting next to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, Congressman, I mean, everybody that down, that's downstate Illinois should know that you were endorsed by Donald Trump, and you have the full support of the president. Right. And, you know, I don't understand what this whole— endorsed by Donald Trump three times. Donald, three times. I've been endorsed by Donald Trump three times. Yep. Right, and I'm I don't understand what this whole primary exercise is all about down there. I think it's a, it's a lot about ego for some I don't know why it is people. either. And, and, and that's that's the only thing I can say. I've asked, you know, at Lincoln Day dinners and, and at, at Reagan Day dinners, why in the world are you um, running? I mean, I ask him straight out. And so far, the only thing he says is, well, it's time for a change. A change from what? Change for what? You're going to vote different? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and, and, and the thing is, you're, you're, you're wanting to walk away from, though he might vote the same as me, you're walking away from, Nine years of experience where you build up those uh, relationships. And I'm going to tell you, being chairman of the VA committee, I want you to think about this. There is not one single district in this United States or any of our territories 
that the member of Congress that serves from them does not have veterans issues that they have to come through our committee on. And therefore, I have a good working relationship, which is an advantage, one, for the nation, for us to be able to work together on, on those issues, two, for the state of Illinois and for the district that I represent, the Illinois 12. So, yeah, walking away from that, because trust me, when I left the, the Illinois General Assembly and went to D.C., I thought, well, surely I'll, I'll fall right in there. No, it was six months to, to a year. That it's called drinking from the fire hose because it's so different. So you're trading an experienced person who is in true conservative, uh, if, you vote, if, if you vote for Darren, uh, you, you, you're trading a true conservative with seniority, with a chairmanship, for a person, when they first walk in, they won't know where the bathroom's at. Hey, how is Southern Illinois, Congressman? You know, I went to law school down there, and I call it Carbondale. Carbondale. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. just a beautiful... That's not the first time I've heard that. That's God's country <laughs> but just, down there. It is God. You know, my grandfather had a mining company down there back in the day, so I spent a lot of time there. Just an absolutely beautiful part of the country. Not the most just beautiful the part of Illinois. Yeah. What Economically, what how is it looking down there? I haven't been down in a bit, but I know at some points well, it struggles. you know... It, some some real problems that have occurred, depending on whether you're in the northern part of my district or the southern part of my district. Remember, we're losing population in the state of Illinois rapidly because of the business climate, and we've been preaching that for years. And to tell you the truth, when Donald Trump worked on what was known as 232 and brought back 3,000 jobs back to Granite City, they're losing those again, but they're not losing them to another country. They're losing them to another state. They're moving them to Arkansas because of the practices that, that have, have, have been gone on with our, our uh, energy uh, and, and, and the bills that were passed in Springfield. So still a beautiful place here in southern oh, Illinois. It's, it's, a, it's a great place to live. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, the, the business climate in the state of Illinois, you know, we've got, we've got beautiful communities that are – well, just I'll put it in perspective. My hometown of Murfreesboro, when I was a kid growing up, was twelve thousand people. It's eight thousand eight hundred now. Wow! And so you've all yeah, met, about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, is, is, is Midland still down there, Congressman? Midland is still down here. It is. <laughs> I heard they've well, gussied it up a bit since I was down here, but well, Congressman, we well, thank you so yeah, much. Midland, for, uh, Midland used to be. Midland used to be a place where you went to drink. Now it's a place where you go and have really good food. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was the latter. Well, Congressman, we thank you so much for jumping on with us today. We look forward to seeing and keeping an eye on that race down there. And uh, you Safe have a travels, great day. And, uh, happy, happy Christmas. And All right. Christmas. Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. We got our first caller on here. We got Mitchell. I think Mitchell's still on. Mitchell, welcome to the John Anthony Show, Black and Right. Hey, great show, guys. I appreciate uh, the content. Um, you know, regarding Trump and what they're doing is that it conveniently falls in the fact that it's an election season. Number one, when it comes to January 6th, he was never charged with an insurrection. In fact, the last American that was charged with an insurrection was in 1961, a guy named um, Colonel General Walker. I think, sorry, Pat, General you went Walker. to high school with him, didn't you, Pat? Yeah. <laughs> Keep with your question. Sorry. <laughs> General Walker uh, was basically part of the John Birch Society, and this guy James Meredith was a uh, Air Force. He was African American. He wanted to go to the University of Mississippi. They uh, basically said no four times. So he said, "The hell with it. I'm going to enroll." It became a big problem, uh, and this General Walker incited by its legal definition in the vernacular of an insurrection. He came to the campus with a rifle, high-powered rifle, and a hatchet, and he basically drummed up four thousand people in a motley crew to stand off with Bobby Kennedy and JFK's uh, federal uh, marshals who got basically slaughtered. 
until the military came in. That was in 1961. Bobby Kennedy took General Walker, gave him a psychiatric evaluation, and two weeks later, he was acquitted. Now, getting back to the point with Trump, all these charges are a ruse because the reality is is that they know that sloppy Joe Biden has advanced dementia. They know that he could not get elected. The last election in 2020, he couldn't get four people, him and Kamala Harris, to a uh, Howard Johnson banquet hall, let alone 81 million votes. It's a joke. When they talk about the Democrats talk about election integrity, yeah, call it the Nixon in 1960. Let's let's slow down. Let's let's slow down a little bit, though. You know, I I agree with you. He he hasn't been charged with insurrection. He's been charged with a conspiracy to uh, 371 conspiracy. The RICO Act? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's not. It's not a a RICO. But the, the the point is this: that for anybody to sincerely believe that um, the FBI, law enforcement, the Justice Department, the Attorney General, the special counsel who actually makes the decision on this case is engaged in a scheme to indict Donald Trump, all of, all of which, all the actions by doing that, they could themselves go to jail, lose their pensions, and, and probably go to jail for a long time. They would engage in that scheme. Most FBI agents actually probably voted for Trump. So this is where I kind of step off with the conspiracy theories is, Having worked there, uh, it's just it's just not how it works. But don't you think if they keep following, if they're looking for something, right? If they got it out for them, they're going to keep digging, digging, digging. I can't remember who this said it, but he said, said, "Did, did you, you watch somebody, TV January 6th? Did you, you did you did you watch the sixty hearings? miles? No, no, no. no that's, gonna, I, I get that. And that sure. That's different. But did you look at the facts? Look at the indictment. Look what they charged him with. This is not a witch hunt. This is not one of those cases where we're going to look at you for five years, like and, and charge you with a tax offense. This was charged fairly quickly. It's a rock solid case. You know, I, I understand your passion for this, and I respect that. I'm just saying that for this to be that scenario would require that 150 more people have to engage in some fraud just to get Donald Trump, a lot of whom probably voted for Donald Trump. Well, thank you so much for the call, Mitchell. We'll hope you give us a call back a little bit later. We did great content, buddy. Thanks, Mitch. We're going to shoot over to a good commercial break here in about 10 seconds, Pat. We get, we're getting some great callers. Keep no, calling good. into we the like show. That. I like that. We'd like to hear about it. If you like, uh, if you like our opinion or don't like the opinion. So uh, this get is John Anthony's if you don't show. like her. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to rename this Brown and Wrong for the Aaron Belmont. <laughs> it's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Maybe What's going on? This is the John Anthony Show with uh, John Anthony Black and Right. I'm the guest host today, Aaron Del Mar. My next guest is here on the line. We have Illinois Republican Chairman Don Tracy. Don, thanks so much for jumping on the show. I'm glad to be here, Aaron. Thanks for inviting me. So we uh, we had one of your fellow Southern Illinois congressmen um, on just before you. We had Mike Boss on um, just a few minutes ago. He did a, he did a great job. We're, we're uh, keeping a really strong eye on that campaign that's going down there. So uh, how's hey Don, everybody- Don, hold on a sec. This is Pat Brady. How you doing? Pat Brady, how you doing? Hello, Pat Brady. I have to explain this Long to Aaron. I know you're from Springfield. And that's not downstate. That's not downstate. That's, downstate. that's, not, that's not southern. Listen, anything south of Schaumburg, Illinois, is downstate as far as I'm concerned. May not be. Yeah, may not be southern Illinois. I mean, we're in the central district of Illinois, the federal court district, and the southern district is based in uh, East St. Louis. So, well, most, we most people up here, like uh, Aaron, think that Rockford's downstate. <laughs> But that's another story. <laughs> so, Don, you know, I, I have the honor of being on the State Central Committee with you. What do we got cooking up? Uh, we have some holiday stuff going on for the Illinois Republican Party. Well, what do we got going on? Well, we had a great uh, fundraiser last night at Wrigley Field. 
thanks to the uh, the Ricketts family, and particularly uh, Senator uh, Pete Ricketts, who came in from uh, Nebraska, and he was the keynote speaker. We had um, a really excellent uh, turnout. Uh, we and um, we've got a fundraiser then down in Naples. You know, too many of our um, great Republicans have um, moved from Illinois down to Naples, changed residency, and uh, and have second homes there, or maybe even first homes. And so we, uh, we've um, the last two years been doing an annual fundraiser in Naples. This will be our third one, and it will be on um, January 26th. And then on uh, February 9, we have our first ever annual um, uh, statewide uh, Re- uh, Illinois Republican Party. Uh, a fundraiser. Um, it, it's a, a gala. We're calling it the Bank Your Vote Gala, and it will be in Rosemont on uh, on February 9. You know, a lot of the state parties um, around the country they they have an annual fundraiser, but but we haven't had one in Illinois at least as long as um, as I know about. And so this is our first um, our first ever because it's so important to you know develop a you know a sustainable uh, income source and we're hoping that this will do this and it's being led by Kerry Galassi and Greg Hart who are the co-chair great really so tell uh, me, taking that on with a lot of energy and the great this, mayor Brad Stevens that's right Stevens out there Brad's a good dude yeah that's so, right Mr. That's Chairman right. tell us about sure. Bank the Vote tell me what's uh, what's the thinking behind that and what are we looking to have people in Illinois do with Bank in the Vote the the idea behind Bank the Vote is to uh, save resources for getting out the vote. Uh, we, the, the, the Bank the Vote initiative is to convince the high propensity Republican voters, the people that we know that, that vote every time and they're, they're going to vote, to vote on the first day of early voting. You know, we have election season now. We don't long, we no longer have election day. It's, uh, it's election season in Illinois, 40 days before, and then they count uh, ballots uh, 14 days after. We're not fans of that, but uh, those are the rules that we have to live with until we can change the governance in Illinois. And so we want our good, solid Republicans who always vote to vote as early as possible, either in person or or by mail and we estimate it's estimated that if you that republicans vote early uh cost in terms of uh, republican resources and get out the vote resources four dollars a vote whereas if they don't vote until election day it's like twenty dollars a vote and the reason for that is because if we keep track of of, of, the, of the voting and if someone votes early then we mark them off the list we don't worry about them we don't have to chase their vote but if they haven't voted well then we might have to send a text that costs money or we might have sent an email, it costs money. We might have sent a postcard, it uh, costs money. We might even send somebody to knock on the door, it uh, costs money. Or, we might, or call them, and that certainly costs money. So the more, the earlier people vote, then the more resources we can save for those people that we have to bug the heck out of to get them to vote. So that's what Bank Your Vote's all about. That sounds like a great program. Hey, sorry to change uh, message a little bit here, questions. What it was... Uh, um, Senator Ricketts' message last night. He's a he's a good guy. I was on the national committee with him back in the day. He's a good, solid conservative. Been a very successful governor, now senator. What was his message last night? Well, well, uh, Pat, I was not there. I, I hated uh, that I had to miss it, uh, but I had a prior conf, um, commitment that uh, was set up uh, well in advance before we could get the senator. I actually arranged for that, and he, he was here two years ago, um, and was and that was one of our best uh, fundraisers ever. Uh, and so I, I arranged this meeting, but because he's in session in D.C. so much, he only had two dates. Uh, yeah, no, no, he's number one. He, well, and it doesn't so, hurt to have, a, have yeah. it at the home of the That's Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How'd you get in there? Oh, yeah, Pete Ricketts. Oh, yeah, Pete 
Right. <laughs> well, that's a great gets a great get for you, and that bank the vote sounds fantastic. Just well, yeah, we Mr. Need. Chairman, you're doing a, doing a, doing what we need to be getting done here in Illinois. We got one more minute left in the segment, so a final question for you, Mr. Chairman. You know what is, what is on the horizon for the Republican Party? If you can give it to me in 50 seconds, ready go. Well, well, I've been chairman two and a half years. We've doubled our resources and our political capabilities, and that includes um, expanding, you know, trying to expand the party and expanding our capabilities into get out the vote, which is and bank the vote is part of get out the vote. Uh, traditionally, that's been a statewide campaign's uh, responsibility, but that we're taking it on. And then also election integrity. Uh, that is something, again, statewide campaigns have done in the past. We're taking that on. We, we just hired a full-time GOTV director and a full-time election integrity director both this year. It's because they're counting all those Cook County votes in Cicero, Illinois, home of uh, Betty Lauren Maltese and Al Capone. <laughs> hey, go get them, Chairman Tracy. You have a tough job and you're doing great right. stuff. And it, I heard the pace sucks, well, too. Yeah, the pay's great, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for we're, jumping on and give out my best to everyone in Central job Illinois. ever had, but the most important. So, thank you. Sure. Happy holidays. Okay. Happy holidays. Okay, you too. Thank you. Let's get it to him, baby girl. Hey. Thanks. That's right. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. All right, this is the John Anthony Show, Black and Right. I'm your guest host, Aaron Delmar. we got our next caller on the line right now. we got Jim from South Elgin. Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, interesting topics, but Mr. Brady, <clears throat> the FBI and the federal government are all a bunch of corrupt people. And yeah, you hear you I don't know, that's, that's a pretty broad Trump. statement. Well, you know what? Hold on. You know, who who was it with the FISA warrants? What was all that about against Trump? Yeah, the... the all a bunch of garbage? No, you know, I actually, uh, I read the entire Mueller report, and it wasn't a bunch of garbage. It was actually... Now, there, did the, you hear him on the witness stand? He was a bumbling fool. Well, no, actually, that's he was a, a decorated Marine, a former he might have been, attorney. No, no, let me finish. No, no, but, but, Congress, he was a fool. No, he's not a fool. He's probably one of the. He didn't greatest, know what he was talking about. Well, yeah, he did. He's one of the greatest patriots in the history of the country. So I get it if you think that you don't like it or you don't. Like, I'm not real huge on the FISA courts either, but the, to, my point is to suggest that there's all a big conspiracy of all these people that are dedicated public servants and career prosecutors to get Donald Trump. Most of whom voted for him, Trump. A lot of the agents did, I'm sure. It's okay. just, it's kind of nonsense. You're seeing this other nonsense with these stupid people in New York and Georgia going after him as well because they're trying to interfere with your ability to elect the president you want to have. Well, I don't like the New York indictment either, but I don't, uh, and I do think there's some politics, and I suspect some politics in Georgia too. So I, I agree with you on that. But um, well, the fed, these people the, ran against them. Well, you know, well, the federal cases are pretty lady. strong. No, it's not at all. These people ran against him. No, wait a minute. Well, let's let's, let's take this step back. The New York case, the federal case, I don't like at all. Um, Or the state case, excuse me, the the one on the Stormy Daniels. And the Georgia case, I don't particularly care for either. I think it's a little too broad. But the two federal cases, the January 6th case and the documents case, are are pretty solid cases. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chip, for uh, South Elgin for calling in. Hope you call in again. We appreciate it. You know, Pat, we uh, we keep talking a lot about uh, being a conservative Republican, right? And I know there's a lot of controversy, and that's one of the reasons I like to bring you on the show is because we really don't agree on everything. We agree on this and that, a couple of things. Here's but not the thing: too is, much. you know, we don't agree on a lot of things. But the one thing, I, and the reason I respect you so much, you're a doer. You get stuff done. <laughs> when you say you're going to help somebody or do something or get somebody elected, since the first time I've met you, you've always got stuff done. No, we don't agree on everything, but 
There's nobody in Republican politics I you respect know, it, more. Well, and this one thing, so I'm going to put you in the hot seat now because you did walk in through the door, so you signed the way you're ready to rock a little <laughs> bit. You know, I live in Palatine. Right. A lot of people may or may not know that Palatine uh, used to be um, in the 6th Congressional District. And one of the things that really aggravated me about you is when uh, Jeannie Ives was running. And Jeannie was, I endorsed Jeannie. She's a very strong conservative candidate. Um, she's done a ton of things on the, for the Re- Illinois Republican Party and for conservative values all across Illinois. And you went out and you endorsed her opponent, Sean Casson. And, you know, me and a lot of our organization, Palatine Township Republicans, were incredibly aggravated by that because we really wanted to see Jeannie succeed because we wanted to have that seat that Peter Roskam lost in 2018 back in our corner. And, you know, for you to go and work against that, being the former Illinois Republican Party, seems like it's just a big bag of hypocrisy. No, it's not hypocrisy. I'm a conservative and um, have been and been working in conservative politics virtually my whole life. And I lived in that district when that race went down. And um, if you want a little history there. Two things. First of all, Jeannie proved to be a horrible candidate. She lost DuPage County by 22,000 votes. I, don't, I, I think that's, no, 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 I think no, that's no, a total no, misstatement to say that. No, it I, mean, is. I no, think she, she's a great candidate. She, she, I mean, no, look no, how, no, like when she ran against Rauner, she, she was underfunded let, let, let completely let against Bruce Rauner, multimillionaire, and she was right there neck and neck. She's got two more weeks in that campaign, and she's our candidate for governor on the Republican side. And she lost. And when she ran against Sean Caston in 2022 in the general election, which requires you to be a little less strident than she is, um, she lost DuPage County, the heart, the, the, to the that best. doesn't no, matter. That, that, Regardless that, no, no, of what you want, no, she, she lost. No, she you were the got, former Republican chairman killed. of Illinois. And, and let me, you are I a finish? Republican and you talk like can you're a Republican. I, I see you on, on television quite a bit, yeah, can, but the, yet you, you don't support our Republican candidates. Because, even, even if you don't like Jeannie, she would have been a way better congressman than Peter no, Cass, you know Caston. Jeannie would have been Marjorie Taylor Greene up there screaming. Jeannie was the least effective member of the Illinois House in the time I, I was I disagree. No, I, I was there. And when uh, she ran, that's not right. She, you that's know what else? True. You know what else she did when she ran against Bruce Rauner? She ran the most. When Jeannie was in the House, she was one of the strongest no, conservative voices in and Illinois. Has, I stand by that hundred. Maybe two pieces of legislation she passed. She didn't get along with anybody. But in the bigger thing, when she ran against Governor Rauner, a Republican governor, she ran that racist, homophobic ad, which cost her the race. And she when, ran, let, me, let me finish. When Rauner won. When Rauner won the primary, she wouldn't support him. When she she did she did support him. No, she, she did didn't. vote for for Bruce Rauner. Yeah. She said so m- multiple times and all she over the place. She wouldn't support him though, and she was the. It, the reason she couldn't support him is because the same reason okay, a lot the of Republicans me doing what him. I did and Jeannie saying, "Hey, I'm not going to support." But him. none of us. The difference is that none of us went out and endorsed J.B. Pritzker. Well, the difference. Right, is, none of us went out and did that. None of us went out there and said, "Hey, you know what? We don't like because Jeannie, the Republican and for the re- candidate. And, and we're going to vote the Democrat. The, we keep our mouth shut. We vote for it because any Republican is better than any Democrat." No, that's not true. She's a Trumpy, and, and that that whole area. She lost her own precinct, I believe. That's how much she's out of folk, out of tune the, with. That re- doesn't matter if she lost she her lost. precinct just because she lives in the precinct. If it's during a Democratic precinct, then you live in it and you lose your district. What's Wheaton, the, what's the Wheaton, difference? You know, Milton Township Listen, used to live there. That's 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 a hardcore Republican precinct. That precinct, is, you know, G- the township is one thing. The precinct is a different one. I live in Palatine Township, but I live a Democratic. I'm talking leaning the precinct. precinct. She lost her own precinct, and she lost DuPage County, yeah. the, the the heartbed of uh, Republicans. Every, most forever. Republicans are losing DuPage well, know, County because so it's been changing from Republican. No, but to she lost even. She lost it by twenty two thousand so votes. You still haven't answered the question of why you would because go against I think your Jeannie, own party. I, because at that point, if it's between uh, country and party, I'm not going to put someone in, in my district in Congress. That is a bomb thrower, Margie Taylor Green. That doesn't want to get anything done. All she and wants t- to do is. Why don't is, you tell me clicking. something great that Sean Caston has done? Why you would support him and do a TV commercial for Sean Caston because he's so great? Because what he has would, he done? Uh, actually, Sean's a businessman. He's done a lot of good things, particularly uh, 
Uh, it's some well, of the, then you and, can't and, be mad every time I call you a Democrat. No, no. Because Democrats because I, do commercials to Democrats. Well, see, this is the genie problem. This is the problem. It's not the genie problem. No, She's it, a strong re- it's, Republican it's, it's, conservative. It's, it's, it's I sit Dan, with her on the state central committee. Okay, look look how well the party's done with the genie Dan Prof model, where we aren't like Reagan. We're like, if you're not a purist, you don't. we won't support you. You know what? We're not doing well right now. Well, I disagree and it's directly that. related. I worked with Gina on many issues statewide. Amendment 1, we worked on her with it, working on her more. And I, You've never worked on a winning campaign with her, have you? Well, not in the last three cycles. Because she t- lost. She lost her honor. And she got crushed by, by casting. All right. We'll come back to it. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. You're listening to Black and Right, the John Anthony Show. I'm Aaron Delmar. I'm, I'm standing in for John Anthony today. i got a tall shoes to fill. I'm here with former Republican Chairman Pat Brady, former Republican, is being the key words in that. So Pat and I were having a discussion in this, before this commercial segment talking about how we turned cope and supported and did a commercial for a Democrat. You know, Pat, when we were talking... I was thinking, you know, one of the first times that I, I, I watched you speak was when you were having a debate. I think it might have been even on AM560 versus Dan Proft, and you were in um, a really heated debate with Dan. And one of the things, you got a little flustered, and you said, you know, I'm a conservative, I am a Republican, I and, I'm pro, and I'm pro-life. I wasn't and I said, I'm like, all right, well, you know what, I don't agree with Pat on a lot of things, but you know what, he's pro-life, and I can get behind that. But then I see a recent article that's out here that says that you've... Uh, Join personal pact board of directors, which is that most people in Illinois, personal pact is one of the largest pro-abortion groups in Illinois. So how can you, as a person who says that they're pro-life, now come in and say that you and, and go and join the board of the biggest pro-abortion, you know, Planned Parenthood group in Illinois. I mean, this is just another example of how you turned on Jeannie and now you're turning on your conservative values saying that you're pro pro-life. Well, uh, First of all, if you think that I've turned on conservative values, you don't understand conservatism. Barry Goldwater, the founder of the modern conservative movement, founded the biggest uh, uh, what do you call, Planned Parenthood place uh, organization in the state of Arizona. So the conservative position is, and I have three daughters, I go, it's not my job to tell you how to manage your health. And that's the position where most of the country is right now. So the true conservative position is my position. People like Jeannie and Dan and these others have demagogued the issue to try to gin up and raise money, but it's a loser. It's a loser issue. So you're changing your position because you think it's a loser issue? No, I changed my position. No, 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 no. I've been so very, what happened over nobody the last likes, eight nobody, years? Nobody likes abortion. Well, you clearly do. You're on the board. No. You're like, you're, you're on no. there. You're making decisions. You, you're making thoughts about I, it. I am, and I'm going to support the ability of my daughters and your daughters and everybody's daughters, their right to, to, to uh, monitor and take care of their own health. Now, right. if you think it's all right for people like you or me to tell women how to manage their health, then you're not a conservative. Well, I mean, that's that throws it, throws it right in the face of being what a conservative is about. It's about no, 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 that's not, life. you guys. That's like, you know, life no, no, begins that, that's at conception. Not conser- that's not, right. that's so not what, who's protecting who's protecting the child? Who's protecting the baby? That's not the conservative position. The right. conservative you're, you're position is the you manage your own. No, I'm not ducking the position is, but women have a right. So what has happened in over the in the last eight years that you that all of a sudden now you've changed your position? You change your position of being a Republican. You change I'm your position, position as the Illinois Republican Party chairman that you were. It was your job to get Republicans elected. That's your number one job. Chairman, I haven't been chairman since right. 2013. And then you flipped because you started doing Democratic commercials. No, I didn't. I'm still a Republican, but there, I'm, just because I'm a Republican doesn't mean I always... So put, what part of the Republican platform do you actually stand for? I, I agree with 80% of it. If you remember what Ronald Reagan said, my 80% friend's not my 20% enemy. Well, what 80% but, do but, you stand for? I mean, I know that you were one of the people that were taking taking a position on same-sex marriage. You were taking a position... Which is know, a conservative position. Barry Goldwater had the same position. How did, how did Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan actually in 1970 Two signed a very 
permissive. You know the the law that that uh, DeSantis did down in Florida, don't say gay law. Uh-huh. Reagan killed that law in California in 1972. So right. what has happened here is people like Jeannie and Dan, these other people that are trying to gin up clicks on their websites, they don't really ex- understand or explain what conservatism is. And as, as far as Republicans, I am a Republican. Why don't I'm you a, just become a Democrat? I mean, because I'm not a just, Democrat. Just I don't agree it. with just the Democrat. Just own it. I don't. I don't just, ag- like, like, you, you know what I mean? You're pro-choice. You know what I mean? You, you don't so like, so on, this, on the two social issues, for, that, that makes know, me... Conservative values. We're going to go to one minute right now. I got Dominic that's been waiting on the call for a minute. Uh, Dominic from Glendale Heights, are, are you on with us? Yes, I am. I'm right here. I have a question. Why do you have an R behind your name? If you support the Democrat agenda, become a Democrat. How I, much I don't support the Democrat agenda. I don't support the Democrat agenda. How much did they buy you out for? I That's don't support the Democrat agenda. And, and the implication that I've been paid off, no, you don't. it's a little offensive. But no, I don't support every, the Democratic agenda. Listen, every action you do, sir, supports the Democrat. No, it doesn't. You don't know much about me, then. You're a, you're, you're a sellout. No, you're I'm not. Sellout. You obviously don't know much about me, but I appreciate uh, you getting all up Thank about you, Dominic, for your thoughts. We're going to go to commercial. We're going to come back. We've got a couple other callers that are on here We got uh, that we're going to try to get to. Call in today. Talk to Pat Brady, Democratic chairman for Illinois next uh, next rotation. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. The John Anthony Show. This is Black and Right. I'm standing in for John Anthony today. This is Aaron Delmar. Uh, I love that intro, Pat, because it kind of reminds me. When it talks about the hypocrisy of the left, I'm like, that's right up your alley. But with that, we're going to bring in our next speaker. We're going to bring in Joanne from Hoffman Estates. Joanne, did you hear the news that Pat Brady over here is going to be working with Chris Christie after Christie gets kicked out of the Republican uh, primary? Actually, yes, I did. And And when he said he would support Chris Christie, I don't know him, but... Now I know everything I need to know. About. Oh, I, I, I didn't say that. I don't support Chris Christie. What, you, well, you said you'd vote. You'd vote for him. I'd vote for the Republican nominee, whoever it is. I think. The three, the other what about Trump? I, I, would you I, vote for the no, Republican? Right. No, I said that. That, that was my answer. What, no, my answer was I. I will support. There are a lot of good Republicans that I would vote for. This okay. Time. Well. Yeah. That that was that was. Uh, I thought perhaps you were going to audition for a job with him on cable TV. With Chris would, Christie? He would not be doing TV. He would be doing radio because Pat's got a voice for radio and he's got a face yeah. for radio, too. And so. I, well, I have heard him before, but oh, no, wait a minute. That was Gavin Newsom the other night on the stage. <laughs> Thank you so much, Joanne from Hoffman Estates. You're welcome. Well, Bye-bye. Yeah, Joanne, we got, we'll take another one. We got, I want to get another woman's perspective. Um, we got Jan from Wheaton. Jan, how are you? I'm doing fine. I flipped on the radio and didn't recognize the voice, but boy, was he bashing genie eyes. And, you know, and then I heard the name. It was Pat Brady. I remember when he was our county chair. And the truth of the matter is he should never be asked to come on anything representing the Republican Party because he doesn't believe in Republican principles. He was the guy who was in charge when they tried to change our uh, Republic, Illinois Republican um, platform. What do you call it? The platform. Right. And, yeah, and when I when I tried to when I tried to, yeah when I tried to change the platform to make the platform more tolerant, not saying that you have to support gay marriage, but to welcome people that may have different opinions, and that's the reality is. And I am a Republican. That's how you grow parties, and we continue. You don't grow the party by kicking your base out. No, no, I'm not saying kicking the base out, but to add the language that we need to allow people to come that might have different opinions. When Ronald Reagan was president, and he, he, we talked about it before. 
my 80% friends, not my 20% enemy. What's happened with people like Jeannie and Dan and some of these others is you keep got, you just can't get like no I can't I mean, but these should, are the, you know, I, speaking I, of that Jeannie you know when I, she did that race she did better well, she overperformed Peter I'm Roskman in a COVID year by the way is she still lost races, go ahead I'm sorry commercials you're talking about that whole slew of commercials she put out it turned out to be true what I really resent the fact that they're trying to teach kids starting in kindergarten about adult sexual habits. And LGBT. Oh, you mean that? Yeah, There's you know no what? Reason you should be sexualizing any child. Yeah, and I think um, th- that law, that one in Florida, the Don't Say Gay law that uh, Governor DeSantis passed, there was a similar law in California in the in the 70s that passed. It actually, pres- you can't compare President the Reagan. No, no, I, no, I can't. I, mean, I can't. I'm talking about conservative principles. And President Reagan, actually, when he was governor, there shut it down. Point is that that's a tough issue, and I, I'm 100 percent with you that the parents need to control the agenda in the schools much more. But you can't. What if you? you what if you're the what if your parents are gay and you go to school and you can't talk about my parents? Now that's you're really you know you're victimizing kids. So it's a tough issue, and I probably agree with you on a lot of it. But I think that we need to just be uh, take a different approach than Jeannie took in her race, which is scorched earth and vilifying people. It just doesn't work. Thank you so much for your call, Jan. We're gonna we're gonna get another caller. We appreciate you. Thanks for calling in. Next we have Robert from Bloomingdale. Um, Robert is a Brady supporter. Um, Robert, do you want to share why you like Pat so much? Mr. Brady, you like to invoke President Reagan continuously, but yet, as a so-called Republican, or I'm a conservative, how can you support the killing of of innocent little children up to the age of, uh, up to the time of birth? Now, I'm a Knights of Columbus member and a conservative and a practicing Catholic, and don't, don't talk over me. You are, that's offensive to me as a conservative and a Catholic. I can't understand how you can support and even invoke President Reagan's name when President Reagan's a conservative and pro-life. Explain yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, he was pro-life uh, when he was president. When he was governor of California, he signed a, a, ba- a law actually allowing greater a- abortions in, in, in California. The point is, it's not whether you and I agree on that issue, because that's a tough issue. It's a tough issue for a lot of people that we just don't agree on. But if you're going to grow a party... And win, and we're not winning. In, but what's the you know, point of going to finish, party if they're not conservative well, Republicans? Well, I mean, that's is, what we all the believe thing is, in. If you want to win elections, and again, invoking Reagan, we don't have to agree on everything. But if we agree on 80% of the things, which you and I probably do, then we could just need to be more inclusive. I, it, I know that offends you, but there are, back when Republicans actually controlled Illinois, we had very many members in the Illinois House and Senate that were uh, pro choice Republicans. All right. Thanks so much, Robert, for your call in Bloomington. We appreciate it. If we have other callers, call in to the John Anthony Show, um, Black and Right. So, Pat, man, you're getting you're getting you're getting you know assailed here today. You're still happy that you walked through? Oh, the it's fine. You know the debate. You know, Aaron, you and I fight all the time, but it's like you can fight with people, but it doesn't mean I don't respect their opinions or respect them. I don't demonize them. We just don't agree, and that's what America's about. We have right. a first amendment. Let each other fight, but as long as you do it respectfully and, and recognize we all love our country. And we do. Right. I mean, I, I, I agree with you in that. So there's that, a lot of Democrats that I know. My, my girlfriend's a Democrat. <laughs> my mom's a Democrat. I fight with them all the time. I'm not right? It doesn't mean that I don't, that I don't care. But we about should them, be but able to fight as, as Republicans and disagree and still uh, get, get people elected. The, the bottom line is here. When we get this purity test, that has been imposed by the people I mentioned before. We don't win. Right. And so we just got to look at the results and go, I want to win elections. 
and and so we're not winning. So with with thinking about that, if you had somebody like uh, that supported a lot of the same issues, say that you agreed with eighty percent, like I don't know, say Kim Fox, would that be somebody Kim that Fox. <laughs> right? Kim Cuddy, would you would you Kim, be able no, to support Kim, Kim Fox? Kim, are you kidding me? Right? No, I mean, nobody is a sales Kim Smollett, Fox. Justice Smollett as appeal has been denied. Now, it's going to continue where I got to draw the line. Nobody has assailed Kim Fox more than I have. But there, you know what? What's we have an election coming up here, and there's a good uh, uh, couple of good candidates. Eileen Burke's running. And I think that she would would be a very good state's attorney. We need to. And one of the things, if you watch the Hannity debate the other night, that I thought Governor Santos pointed out very well is these Soros appointed prosecutors like Kim Fox and the ones they had in San Francisco and 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 Los Angeles. They're not enforcing the law, and people are getting killed. And we need to get rid of that. But that's why she's not running again. I mean, I don't think she'd right. get the support. I mean, she wouldn't stand against a primary already. Anyways, she polls at eighteen percent. But I think that's a, an issue that we could probably attract a lot of people on that may have even voted Democrat before because we should be or always at least historically have been a law and order party. It worked very well right. for us in the 80s and the 90s. So what do you think about the new law that has passed and how it's being implemented, you know, the no cash bail? I mean, from what you're, you're you know, you run in those circles with the yeah. uh, with a lot of uh, other attorneys that are uh, defense attorneys and you got run into a lot of prosecutors. You were a prosecutor yourself back in back in the day when I uh, was still in diapers. I, I would have prosecuted you. <laughs> yeah, right. It would have been offensive, but no you know, bail for what, you. What are you hearing? I mean, I'm hearing a lot of different stuff out of McHenry County that there, you know, that there's a lot of issues with it. Cook County, you're getting a mixed review depending on which courthouse they are in the city of chicago they seem to love it they love that catch and release where we put criminals right back on the street um what are you hearing well long story short it's a little it's more complicated than i think anybody's made it back in the, the day when you'd get arrested you could post cash or you could be given an i-bond account or your personal reconnaissance bond what was happening is there were people in there that were being charged with low-level retail thefts that were being held because they didn't have any money and gangbangers because they had money were being charged with serious offenses but could come up with the couple hundred grand. Now, the the idea of no cash bail, I don't necessarily agree with, but it hasn't had, so far anyway, the impact. When's that, the last time, I mean, you live in, down in Chicago now, you've left uh, DuPage County, right? You moved yeah. down further around. Well, more what happened? The, 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 you have people in downtown Chicago, they have more security over on the Miracle Mile and on State Street, because anybody that steals something less than $1,000, they're not, they're getting you a ticket or a slap on the wrist, they're not even, they're not being enforced. Yeah, and but so that's, a diff- that's, that's a difference between, but, but the, the cash bail thing, at least in Cook County, probably is not going to have a lot of impact, but I know there's a lot of objection to it, like Bob Berlin, the great state's attorney. Great state's attorney. Page County and some of the others objected to it. Um, but the bigger, and a Republican. And a Republican. And, but the bigger issue is that, like you just made the point on the retail theft, that Kim Fox unilaterally decided she wasn't going to enforce the retail theft laws. And, and look what happens. I mean, $1,000, that's three big screens. Right. And they weren't being prosecuted. So and that's one thing I think a, a lot of us and all of us could agree on. We need more law and order in Chicago and in the state of Illinois. Do you think you don't think a Republican could win in Cook County? I mean, I don't think either of their current candidates. I like Bob Fioretti, but I think he's got an uphill climb going in there. And uh, Chris Farncook, I think, is a great guy, and you know he was a former prosecutor himself. But um, you know, it's going to take millions and millions of dollars to, to have that. And we need a Republican conservative like George Soros that's going to get invested in running campaigns for not only uh, prosecutors but judges. And we're going to have three great judges. Uh, candidates that are coming out out of the 12th judicial sub-circuit in the, in the next row after the next commercial break. Yeah, you make a great point on, on the judges, and that's why I'm glad you're having judges on today, because these judge races are, are really important. Judges probably have more rubber meets the road contact with, with people in the, in the, the citizenry than anybody. And you, I've seen some bad ones, the ones that buy off on the agenda of, of the far left, and it's not good. Um, that's where we are where we are. But you know, this Eileen Burke, that's a Democrat, but um, very conservative, uh, somebody that could probably win and be a very good prosecutor. 
Very good. Well, we're going to hear from these candidates. They're going to be great out of the 12th Judicial Sub-Circuit after the next break. And uh, thank you so much for Pat Brady coming in and bringing us the left side perspective. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. This is Black and Right with John Anthony. I'm the guest host today, Aaron Delmar. I'm here with uh, leftist Pat Brady, who is uh, kindly enough to come and take a little bit of a beating and and, uh, debate with me a little bit. We're going to go ahead and I'm going to take Al from the south side. We're going to take a phone call real quick before we get our uh, judge candidates on. Al, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for calling in. What can I do for you? Um, I got a little issue with Mr. Brady in there. Um, he keeps talking about Republicans who have a purity test, but yet he always having a purity test for Republicans. Why don't you tell Nobody me a little about that? Nobody ever up to his standard, and you steady voting for Democrats. Oh, he cut a commercial for a Democrat. But you voting for him, and in those votes that you cast for a Democrat, is votes that Republicans need to pass legislation. I think he might be. Conf- I, w- I was never an elected official. This was just my own vote. Right. So that was that was I just- know. But I mean, the people that you vote for. Oh, OK. And I'm, yeah, I'm, no. I'm, I'm almost willing to bet. And I know I haven't never been in the booth with you. I know there's more than one occasion you pulled a lever for a Democrat. Uh, no, I don't know. There's a lot of Brady's running around. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much from Al from the South Side. I got Eduardo from Tampa Bay. Eduardo, how are you? Yeah, good afternoon. Let me, uh, hopefully I don't have to talk fast, but I got a couple of things I want to mention here. First, uh, Stevie Wonder, I heard this uh, down the down the black radio, wants to meet up with Biden because uh, they canned uh, affirmative action and some other rights garbage. So if you want to comment on that later. But uh, the main reason I called in China, uh, they got marijuana plants from New Mexico to Maine, and they're also influencing schools. In the past 10 years, 17 million went from the Confucius Institute to schools. So you guys want to comment on those? I don't have anything to comment about that, Pat. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know on either of those issues. It, but but I do know myself. this. The, the, the best candidate I've seen so far is from the Republicans in the presidential that has been the most uh, forthright, I think, on that has been Nikki Haley, where she said having she has dealt with them as former U.N. ambassador. She says, we got to start treating them as our enemies, not as previous uh, Republicans have done as business competitors, as started with Richard Nixon. And I think that's the approach we need to take to China. I think that's the approach that she would like to take. So I, I don't know the facts of what you're talking about, but China's not our friend. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Eduardo from uh, Tampa Bay. Thanks for calling in. Keep calling in. Yeah, our lines are open. So if anybody else wants to jump in, you know what? We have our first, uh, yeah, we got our first candidate who's running for judge. Um, let's go ahead and bring on Matt Taylor, candidate for judge on the Republican ticket in uh, the 12th Cook County Circuit Division. Matt, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me on the show, Aaron. Thanks, Matt. So, you know, as I remember, you're from you're from the area. You're living in, in the Palatine area. You used to be a former police officer. You got your law degree. And uh, now you're working. Uh, I think you're are you a prosecutor. sir? tell us a little bit about your background. So um, I, uh, I was a Palatine police officer for 23 years. That's when I went to law school. And um, when um, I passed the bar, I started uh, prosecuting for a couple of local uh, municipalities uh, with some other prosecutors. And when I retired in 2017 from law enforcement, uh, I went into private practice, uh, my own my own office. And since 2021, I've been prosecuting for the village of Palatine. 
Um, I also uh, prosecute for the village of Norwich now. So um, I've been solidly on the uh, kind of on the side of law and order. Uh, Thank you very much. That's a phenomenal resume. Thank you for your service. First of all, 23 years on the the forest in Palatine, keeping us safe. I appreciate it. So, Matt, you know, and this upcoming race for judge, I mean, what what would the people in the 12th um, sub-circuit want to know about you? You know, what what are the things that you would do on the bench? I mean, I know you can't talk about how you would rule, of course, but uh, what are the kind of things that you'd be doing in your courtroom? So the the best judges that I've been in front of, the ones I've uh, taken the most uh, from, they, uh, they, they do two things, uh, basically. And the first thing is that they listen. They listen to both, uh, both sides, make sure that they're, they're hearing what they want to before they, they wade in. So their, their opinions aren't coming up. And, uh, the, the second thing is that they hold, uh, both sides accountable. They, they expect, uh, each, uh, attorney to show that they're here to prove their case, that they can prove their case. And they don't, you know, whether they favor the dem- the, the, uh, um, prosecutor, whether they favor the uh, public defender or the defense, uh, they they don't let uh, a rubber stamp for the for that side that they like. They they wait to hear who's proved their case, and that's how they rule. And that's that's what I expect to use as my template when when I get a chance to be a judge, hopefully. And that is it. Such a first of all, a phenomenal background to be a judge. Certainly need more people with your background uh, on the bench. And the answer you just gave is like the perfect answer. Right. I mean, I spent a lot of time running around courtrooms and got a lot of judges that didn't listen to anything, and that, that's so unfair to everybody. But t- tell us a little bit about the district that you're running in. The, the, is this an open seat, or what, what, what are the townships, or what's the district boundaries, I guess, is the question. Yeah, we want to let our, make sure our listeners can vote for you. Yeah. Well, they, um, they redistricted uh, Cook County's uh, sub-circuits in 2023 for the 2024 um, election, so... Um, I, my own residence used to fall in the 13th subcircuit, um, and uh, some of these vacancies that uh, we're running for in the 12th are our old uh, 13th subcircuit vacancies. But um, with the redistricting, um, the, the 12th subcircuit kind of runs from um, Hoffman and Inverness along Palatine Road, clear along Lake Cook Road all the way east to about 94 in Northbrook. So it's pretty wide. Um, it's uh, it's all of Palatine for the most part. It's most of Arlington Heights. It's uh, all of Buffalo Grove that's in um, Cook County. It's Wheeling. It's, it's, it's definitely a, a winnable yeah, that's district. That's a winnable district. You know, Pat, hey, can I ask you a real quick question, though? Is when you were as law enforcement, as when you were an officer in Palatine, did you ever pick up Aaron uh, Del Mar? There's no comment there. <laughs> <laughs> I was never in the back of, of Matt's uh, squad car. Let's put it that way. You know, Pat, when we were talking about this new 12th district that you brought up, that's a great, that's a, that's it's a, a good, winnable it's a district, winnable district yeah. for sure. But the 13th judicial, uh, the 13th sub circuit was drawn for Republicans. So that was a deal that was made uh, many moons ago, probably when you were probably, you know, in your, in your early fifties. And, um, they uh, they made that district, and now the Democrats are gerrymandering it again because they just can't stand that there's any Republicans that serve in, in, in Cook County. So you you know, and they're dying for good judges at 26th Street, as you might know, Judge to be Matt. Right, right, and unfortunately, it, it it doesn't look like we've got any Republican representation in that 13th with the two openings that they've got there. But oh, um, but there's no there's no the, Republicans running there. Not with well, the new. The, I knew. Aaron might know more than I do, but I, um, 
I, I had not heard of anybody. I know that there's two spots, and I knew two Democrats are running, but I didn't hear any Republicans. There's a, there's actually three there's three vacancies. We got three. We got Matt running in one. We got Maria McCarthy, who's going to be on in just a little bit, and then Pam Curran, who's going to be in the third, recruiting um, three very strong Republican, um, very intelligent, well educated, um, and, and compassionate. Right, I think it's a good word. Well, that's like t- just talking to- I'm, I'm sorry, I was I was confused. I was I was talking about the the 13th still. Yes, in the 12th, there's there's three openings, and you, you asked about those. Um, there are three vacancies that uh, uh, judges have uh, retired from. So, um, and, and it doesn't happen like this that there's three openings at the same time. So, right. well, the, you know, and, you, and it, for it, Maria, Pam, and I, it, it, just talking to you, your in your resume, it's such so. It's refreshing, um, exciting, refreshing to hear that we've got as Republicans great candidates like you that are willing to step up and, and do it because we need. Believe me, we you know better than anybody. We need people like you uh, making sitting on the bench making decisions, and uh, that's great. I, I appreciate that, and I hope I hope I can get that uh, that same response and message to the voters. I bet you will. Good yeah, candidates make the difference. Yep. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Good luck. Be careful. Thank you for the for your time. You guys have we a good appreciate evening. it. You too. You know that's it's really unfortunate the way that they gerrymandered that district. The 13th judicial was a very strong Republican district. A lot of the candidates, if you go to Rolling Meadows Courthouse and you, and you walk through there, there's a lot of really strong, um, very good judges. Um, and to have that, to not have any level of representation, to have the, a one party system that we're going to probably have, if, if, well, that's you know, we, we have to they, fight hard to get these judicial well, candidates did, through. Isn't that how why they made sub circuits back in the day? Right, so that was it the wouldn't point. be the county organizations, uh, the Democrats are in it. And you get your three minutes of justice in Crook County, right? You go up there and they don't want to hear what you have to say. They've got the super docket and you just whistle you through and you you don't actually get to speak. So we got, I I don't know the third person we're going to talk, but I know Maria well. Maria is probably one of the best prosecutors in the history of the Cook County State Attorney's Office. Would just be a, another phenomenal candidate for Joe. Oh, she's going to be great. She was. I was talking to her a little bit earlier before the program. And she was talking about a lot of the stuff. You know, she was featured in Dateline. Um, oh, she, she handled was, some huge stuff. Well, she was a supervisor of homicide and sex unit. Um, you know, for a long time and uh, domestic violence for Division Three, and she was the head of SAO. Um, over she was one of the most respected attorneys in an attorney's office, 950 people when I was there. Well, we're going to bring her in. She's going to be the next person that's going to be joining us on the show. Pat, how come you never ran for judge? You're a Democrat. You could have probably won in Cook County. I, you know, uh, Aaron, <laughs> I'm not sure if I have the temperament to be a judge, <laughs> quite that's frankly. Right, that's right. <laughs> you know, I think there'd be a lot of that. I don't know if you could be man. fair and impartial if Jeannie be was before fair. you. Right, Jeannie? Well, no, I'm very fair and impartial. She doesn't like hearing what I have to say. All right. We'll be back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560, The Answer. This is Black and Right, The John Anthony Show. My name is Aaron Delmar, and I'm standing in for John Anthony here today. Uh, and, you know, our next person that we're going to bring on, Pat, you, you mentioned earlier before uh, we went to commercial break that you know her pretty well. Um, let's bring on Maria McCarthy. Maria, are you there? I am there. I am here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thanks so much for coming on. You know, when we were doing a little uh, a pre-show and I was giving Pat the kind of lowdown of who we're going to have before we got into our little tussle about Pat being a Democrat, um, he said, he goes, Maria McCarthy, I know her. She's amazing. Uh, so you got a really big fan with Pat. So I don't know. If, I hope that doesn't hurt you in a lot of Republican circles. <laughs> but um, Thank you. No, it, Pat and I actually worked together years ago in the Cook County State Attorney's Office. So Maria, Maria's, how are you? Fine, Maria. How you doing? I'm glad you're running. Maria is one of the you. finest prosecutors, most respected, took the big cases, did all the hard work. 
She'd be a fantastic judge, and I'm very excited that she's running. You know, Pat, one of the things when Thank I was you. doing my research on Maria, because uh, she's running in part of the district that Palatine carries, and you know, I like to look at all my judges, is that, did you know, one of the things Maria likes from what I read was that she loves trying cold cases. Um, in the last three cases she tried in Kirk County were 45, 37, and 20 years old, oh right? God. I mean, yes. think about that. 45 yes. years old, Pat, I, you were like 50 at the time. Right. So, so Maria, tell me, tell me about one of those cases and tell me how, what's your passion for these cold cases? Um, well, my passion, first of all, for cold cases is I love the idea that there are murderers walking around who have not been caught. And when they hear about cases like this, they know that they can never stop looking over their shoulder That's awesome. and that, you know, justice for them is hopefully right around the corner as well. Um, the 45-year-old murder case I tried a guy, a, against a guy named Johnny Rudd. He was a lawyer and a former school board president. And in 1973, he killed his wife and made it look like an accident. There was no autopsy. It was deemed an accident. Everything from the original scene was destroyed. And uh, it was resurrected um, 40 years later. I worked with the detective on it from uh, the inception of the reopening. And uh, we prosecuted, went to trial in 2018. He was convicted. And uh, he was a, a true sociopath. So, hey, did you get his pension yanked? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we didn't, Pat. No. no. You know, Maria. Let me ask you. I mean, that's got to be challenging, right? Like, oh, that's the that's you know, the best had, prosecutors can only do that. Yeah, we had we had we had Matt Taylor on before, who who was a cop in Palatine for yeah. for over two decades. And, you know, the, the, the hardship that they have to go through, right, when they've seen, um, you know, these murder scenes and they're seeing the cruelty that, that humans could, can put upon each other, um, you know, that they shield us from, really. And prosecutors like yourselves, I mean, how hard is it for you to go through those files and to see and see and read about it and learn about it and prosecute those? I mean, does that take a toll on you as a person? It does. And, you know, you would think that the longer you did it, the more you would get used to it and the more jaded you might become. And I found just the opposite. I found the longer I prosecuted, the harder it was for me to deal with cases, the more emotional I would get when I was reading reports or looking at photos. But I think that's important. I think when you stop caring, um, then you're no longer going to be an effective prosecutor. And I think I'm sure the same holds true for police. So, so Maria, tell us why you're going to be a great judge. Give us your background. What do you want to do when you hit the bench and, and why everybody should vote for you beyond me? Sure. Well, I've been a career prosecutor. I've prosecuted cases for over 30 years. I prosecuted in Chicago for 20 years and uh, supervised the domestic violence division and uh, the homicide sex unit. And for 10 years, I supervised the state attorney's office at the Rolling Meadows Courthouse. So I oversaw the charging and prosecution of all cases in about 25 suburbs uh, northwest of Chicago, including Aaron's hometown uh, Palatine. I've litigated you know, thousands of motions and trials. I've tried a lot of complex cases. I've worked closely with police on their investigations for years. And I really feel I, I'm at a point where I am more than qualified to be the person making the decision on what evidence should be admitted on whether somebody is, is guilty or not guilty. You know, and I think that's a really good point that Maria makes about being qualified, right? I mean, a lot of people don't really know that anyone with a law degree can run for judge, 
right? If you if you have your if you pass the you know go to law school, you pass the bar, you can run for judge, and then you have a, a really big mix of people that did you know real estate law, they've done divorce law, they've done um, a, a, you know commercial law, but there's a, not very many people that have that specificity of being able to do felony cases, doing murder cases, and those people we really need to get in the office because those are the ones that you want to be judges so they can hear those cases so they know what they're looking for they know what they're talking about and i don't think there's a whole lot of them out there maria yeah i you know i i, I mean but yeah your resume of, you, you know how it went back in the day where people getting elected three months out of law school right no there certainly are, are both there are judges who who maybe um, don't have a lot of trial experience there on the bench and then there are those that do and i, I think a lot of the time you you do see a difference in that. I just know from having appeared in front of judges for 30 plus years, I know the kind of judge I want to be. Well, what kind, that's a great question. What kind of judge? Objective. What kind of judge do you want to be? We asked Matt the same question. How, what kind of judge I, do you want to be? I want to be the, I want to be the kind of judge that where every victim, every defendant wants to be in front of. I want to be the type of judge that's perceived as fair and objective. doesn't matter what lawyer appears in front of me, how big, what a big shot they are. I will base my decision solely on the evidence in front of me and the law. I want to be fair and I want to treat people the way I've always wanted to be treated, which, you know, I haven't always seen. That's so, amazing. That, well, that's we appreciate you giving it coming on with us today, Maria. We're excited about your campaign. She's Go running in the 12th Thanks. judicial sub Do you have a website, Maria? Pardon me? Do you have a website? Yes. McCarthy for Judge. The four is the number four. McCarthy for Judge.com. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for calling Thank in. Thank you. See you, Maria. Thanks. Good luck. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. This is Black and Right, the John Anthony Show. This is Aaron Delmar standing in for John Anthony today. I have a former Illinois Republican chairman turned Democrat Pat Brady with me on here. And our next caller, we have Pamela Curran. Pamela, you there? I'm here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Good evening. So we had uh, two other wonderful candidates for the 12th Judicial Subcircuit in Cook County. That's right. Cook County. We had Matt Taylor and Maria McCarthy. And we got, we got to complete the hat trick with the third best candidate, not in line, <laughs> but the third candidate for a different seat. You can vote for each of them. Uh, and we have Pam Curran. So Pam, tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, and how you got into law and, and what you've been doing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, thank you. So I, I know that you have heard from both Maria and Matt, both of um, whom I have tremendous respect for, and both who have uh, significant careers in prosecution. And uh, my campaign actually brings a little bit of a different perspective, um, hopefully hopefully one day to the bench, but um, my background is primarily in legal defense work. So um, I actually, I work for the past 17 years, I've spent that time practicing with retired Cook County Judge Sam Amaranti, and um, you know, he, he, he describes it well, and as my wise mentor would say, and I say that because he may be listening, but uh, <laughs> also because he is, but we are that wedge between tyranny and freedom. So we have traveled throughout the entire state, um, and I mostly practice in Rolling Meadows, but I have been in courthouses throughout the whole state, basically uh, defending individual constitutional rights, such as the right to bear arms, and that's 
um, those type of individual liberties that are afforded to us under the Constitution, rights that should not be denied or restricted by the government. And it and, seems like a lot of those rights are under attack right now. We, you know, we need people like you to go out there and fight on our behalf that are not attorneys like, you know, uh, Pat over here is an attorney, but he know, and he knows so much, but we need more people fighting on our behalf. So, you know, what, 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 does, what made you decide that you wanted to jump out of the private practice and jump into the public practice and, and, and you know, trying to uh, move up to the bench? To be honest, I mean, it's, it's never actually even been my goal when I went into the practice of law. It was, it was not my goal to become a judge or to run for judge. Um, but I have two children, and they're seven and nine years old. And I, I think you could agree with the state of turmoil that Illinois is right now and the direction crime is trending. I mean, it's, it's certainly something to worry about, you know, not only as a member of the community, but as a parent. And I see this, and I see the direction that it's going and I just, I want to create a safer environment, a safer community for my kids, that my kids can play out in the street and feel safe and, and for everybody's kids. Um, and so I figured, you know, at this point, I'm at the point in my career where I have certainly been in front of enough judges. Um, and I just want to be able to do my part now and, and get out there and hopefully make that difference and make, make the community a better place for our kids. You know, we were talking to the, the previous two candidates, you're right, we were talking about their experience as prosecutors, but I... Spent a lot of time running around courthouses back in the day, and you need both sides. You need people that prosecutors aren't necessarily always the best judges. We need good defense. In fact, I found some of the defense lawyers were actually better judges when they became <laughs> judges. Uh, but what kind of judge do you want to be? What, what, what would be your, uh, your your temperament? How would you run the courtroom? What, what, what do you think you'd be like as a judge? So, like you, Pat, I mean, I've been in front of a lot of judges where um, there's some really good takeaways from them, and then some who have treated people um, in ways that I can't even imagine. Um, I, have, I have a pretty fair temperament, and my goal is, I, you know, I have represented thousands of clients in the times I've practiced, and I've listened to their stories, and I've heard their side of the story, and then I've reviewed the evidence, and I've pulled facts from that evidence. And in doing that, it's, it's given me the opportunity to learn to listen and to learn to wait to make any kind of uh, judgment or, you know, until I can synthesize the facts of the case and, and really get a feel for what the evidence is. And I, I hope to um, apply that fairness and that impartiality if I can one day make it to the bench. Gosh, you know, I wish I would have been in front of you when you become a judge. I had some judges show up drunk after lunch and yell at me. Well, it's, 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 it's not fair, Pat, because you were with, at lunch with them getting drunk with them. That's, that's a... Take the fifth on that. Well, I got to think that you know, and, and Sammy Amarante, you know, oh, the, the former judge, he's a great yeah. guy. The hug, the hugging judge, yeah. um, you know, he's he's great. I'm friends with his son. He lives in he lives in our in our area out in Palatine in that 13 digital sub circuit. And uh, you know, if, if you got that kind of uh, experience with with Sam, I think it's going to go take you really far. And I know that uh, didn't she had, even sound pleasant? On she the, did. She sounded like, really nice, right? No objection sustained. <laughs> This day. Right. I got a, <laughs> Move I got, on, young man. I got a really good phone call from, <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> from Mike Erdo. I don't know if you know Erdo and Juarez, and uh, he speaks very highly of Pamela as well. So, you know, we wish you well, and we wish you the best in this race. We're, we're definitely going to be keeping an eye you on it. You got a website? Uh, I'm, I'm, that's in the works. So I'll have that okay. out. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll get, make sure that we run that. When the website's out, let us know. And we'll be running that out there. And remember, the judicial sub circuit works all the way from uh, Inverness and Hoffman Estates all the way through Palatine, Arlington Heights, Buffalo Grove, um, and a little bit in the Mount Prospect. If I'm, you go into Mount Prospect, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. How far, how far uh, east do you go? We do. There's a little uh, part of Mount Prospect that's part of 12. 
Very good. So this is a totally winnable district, Pat. It is a winnable district. You know what I mean? And and Pamela, thank you so much for running as a Republican. And I, I'm sure you're going to do well. I'm cautiously optimistic about the opportunity that you're going to have in this in this race. And we're looking forward to a strong, robust campaign from you. Good luck. Be careful on the trail. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on the show. All right. Take care. Bye. So, Pat. You know what I mean? what a, that's a good crew. That's that's a, that's an all-star lineup right there. Yeah, that's a total right. all-star lineup. Fair and Did you recruit them or they... I like to say that Palatine's in the middle of it, and Palatine Township has a very strong Republican commitment. You know, Pal- I give you credit of all how many thirty nine townships. There's thirty townships and fifty wards in Cook County, and Palatine Township is the only one that has all Republican elected township officials. That's, so uh, that's amazing. We worked really thirty hard years ago. It used to be. We had a lot more. Yeah, we need, we need a lot more. We're trying to get those guys in Schaumburg to follow suit with us. Joe Felici's out there probably listening. We'll get you out there, Joe. We'll teach you how we do it on the right side of the tracks. All right, we're going to cut to commercial. We're going to bring out a couple state reps and a couple state rep candidates that have some really good chances of winning. This is the John Anthony Show, Black and Right, and I'm guest host, Darren Delmar. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. This is Black and Right, the John Anthony Show. I'm Aaron Delmar standing in for John Anthony. Our, our next caller is an elected state representative from up in Lake County. Marty, you there? Yeah, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you great. This is Marty McLaughlin, the infamous Marty McLaughlin. He used to be a mayor out there. Then he turned state yeah. representative. He's a handsome guy. If you look him up on Facebook, he's got like that perfect photographic family. Well, he's an Irish guy. Right, he's an Irish guy. He's never had a drink in his life. <laughs> No, no, Delmar, you must have cataracts. So I, uh, <laughs> no, it's because my eyes are slanted. That's what's happening. You know what I mean? So, so Listen, Marty, I, I've been listening to you guys, and uh, I, I know we're in the days of identity politics. Uh, I, I didn't realize that Brady had changed parties. I always considered him a Republican and a Democrat. <laughs> so, I, I think he really should start his own his own thing. You know, I haven't changed parties, Marty. But hey, tell us uh, about your district where it is, and uh, every, every year you're going to have an opponent. What's going on in your district? What's going on with your campaign? Yeah, so first of all, uh, I'm in four counties, so I think I may be the last Republican left in Cook County. This is my third time running as state rep, and I'm a term limits guy, so I voluntarily gave up the mayor's job at Barrington Hills after eight years, after I lowered the tax levy seven times out of eight years, which I think still might be a state record. I couldn't do it eight, but um, it did go down the year after I left. But this race is going to be tough because they gerrymandered the district to uh, I've got about 40 percent now in Lake County where I had about 15 percent. And it was done intentionally to make this race more difficult for someone like myself. That's kind of a conservative, independent minded outsider business person. And uh, my opponent that I'm running against, uh, this is her fifth or sixth time she's run. Uh, she's run for everything from county board to uh, I believe state office. So they will constantly put someone up against this seat because I'm on the blue red wall. Hey, the, and so the, Marty, to your background too. I mean, you're, I know you do, and you can have explain your background. And there's one issue I know that you've been talking to me about for a long, long time about when you talk about these bond rating things. And I, I know it's it's into the weeds a little bit. Can you explain to us? Give us your background. And explain what that means when they they tout these bond changes. Yeah, so I'm an investment manager, but I've owned a pension management business for over 30 years. And so I've worked with uh, people in the government sector as it relates to the pension problem. And how we've solved it in Illinois is they've added more benefits. And then they've gone to people like me and said, instead of making five, make 8% every year. 
So um, it's not really a solution when interest rates went down to almost you know, 2%. But what's been happening is there's only 10, 10 real categories of bond rating, and the governor's been out there telling everybody, we went up nine, we went up nine, and Suzanne Mendoza is all excited, and they're patting themselves on the back. What they're talking about is inside those 10, there are three subcategories. One's called a negative watch, a neutral watch, and a positive watch. You really don't consider those an upgrade unless you jump a full category. But this is Illinois, right? And the media doesn't really look too closely when Democrats speak loudly. So uh, we've been talking about how great our credit rating is. And the reality is it's, it's the worst in the nation with the state of New Jersey. So I was born in New Jersey, guys, and I live in Illinois. So I don't know if it's me, but um, I have been in two of the worst credit rated states. And uh, with the amount of spending that we've done in the last three years that I've been there, 39 billion is now 52 billion. Um, I don't see a change in any time soon. And I wish the media would start paying closer attention to the uh, reality of where we are. He sounds like a masochist. You're going from New Jersey to Illinois. Are you going to move to California next? No, I moved here when I was in uh, uh, seven years old to St. Charles when it was a beer and a shot town. It's changed quite a bit, Aaron. It's more of a wine and cheese club down there in St. Charles now, but I still got my mom lives there. And uh, no, not California for me. I've got one daughter out there and that's about uh, that's about all you'll get out of the McLaughlin family. One daughter out of my five. I'm a little confused. Though. How can somebody go to Springfield and actually have knowledge of pensions and finances? Does does that work? I don't know how that works. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I'm not the most beloved, Pat. As you can understand, I'm a pretty independent guy, and uh, I'm not beloved by either side. But but this race will be tough for this reason. Um, they're going to spend a ton of money against me because I have been embarrassing the Democrats using their own bad language against them like uh, clean green energy i tell them yeah congratulations with your policies we're at four dollar gas instead of two you're cleaning all the green out of middle class families. well thanks a lot for coming out there marty we appreciate you having you on the show my friend take care prepare to have your mind opened the lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. This is the John Anthony Show, Black and Right. I'm the guest host today, Aaron Delmar. Joining us in the studio is a friend of mine, Patrick Patrick Finkston, who is going to be commenting along here with uh, my uh, fellow friend and Democrat activist, Pat Brady. Um, our next uh, our next call in is a uh, is running for state representative um, in the new gerrymandered district all the way from Palatine up in Lake County. Tassie, how are you there? Yes. Hi. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. So tell everybody uh, what's your story and, and uh, your little bit of your background and, and why you're running for state rep. Yeah, no, thank you so much for um, inviting me on the show. So um, my story is basically I'm a wife, I'm a mom. Um, I see what's happening, and I have been in service my whole life, and I'm concerned about keeping our community safe. I want kids to receive a high-quality education, and professionally, you know, I was an auditor. It was my job to watch out for mistakes, wrongdoings, and hold people accountable, and that's what I hope to do in Springfield. You're going to have your hands full and be very busy down there trying to do all that accounting, and, uh, you know, (laughs) so tell me, you know, what is it like for an African-American woman to run as a Republican uh, in Lake County, Cook County, in Illinois? Wow, you know, um, 
I always say I put people over politics. And the bottom line is, you know, the values that align, that I align with and the values of the Republican Party are, you know, so many African-Americans are coming over to the Republican Party. I mean, we want what's best for America. And um, for me, once I tell my story, and whether it's a Democrat or even an independent I'm talking to, they're like, wow, you are the you are the woman for the job. And they look past, you know, any color. They just want somebody who's going to fight for the local community and do what's right and not, you know, go along with these extreme agendas um, that are being taunted in um, Springfield. Speaking of extreme agendas, you're running in the Illinois 51st district that's currently being held by Nabella Saeed, who, um, as you know, was University of uh, California, Berkeley. Um, That tells you a little bit about her positions and background and some of the extreme left uh, votes that she's taken for a pretty moderate and, and you know Republican township and district. Um, you know how are you going to contrast your positions in Springfield to uh, your opponent? Well, you know I tell when I knock doors, um, and we knocked a lot of doors. I mean, to get on the ballot, you had to have five hundred signatures, and we ended up with close to two thousand. I mean, I thank the Ela Township, I thank Palatine, Vernon. But what I found was when I'm knocking doors and actually talking about, you know, what I stand for, my background, you know, like I said, I've spent my whole life looking out for others, and we need a state representative who is looking out for us instead of the special interests. You know, I don't believe in all this divisiveness. I am a business owner. I have a lot of experience and, you know, I really, really want to do what's best for our community. And I will work on areas that unite us instead of divide us. And I will listen to the community. And that's what's missing currently. Uh, Your resume is every bit as impressive as hers. My gosh, you're in the GE uh, program, MBA. Wow. You've done a lot. Yeah. You know, I've been working, you know, my dad's Nigerian. My mom's American. Um, lived in Nigeria. Relocated to South Carolina. Very rural. Um, studied in England. Went to Clemson. Went to Lander. And my experiences are so diverse. I've traveled the world. I've worked as an auditor. I bring a different perspective. Um, owning a business, you know, being married for close to 20 years to my husband, having kids in high school, seeing, you know, the important role that parents play and they should you know as a mom i believe every student should have access to high quality education and parents should know what is happening in their child's education and you know my opponent you know she voted for costly mandates on our schools and supports policies that keep information from a student's parents and i'm like i said i really want to work for our community and you know do what's best for the community Hi, Tassie. Patrick Fingston here. So you're you're running in a district that that has been drawn for Democrats to elect a Democrat. You know, uh, Joe Biden won it by 14 points in, in 2020. Democrats will make you look like you're the most extreme person in the world, whether it's on <laughs> abortion or book banning or Trumpism or whatever it might be. How do you when you're likely to be at a financial disadvantage, how do you fight back on those sort of attacks and and moderate yourself to voters? Well, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I believe in grassroots. And what I do is just I'm talking to people and telling my story. 
I'm going, um, you know, just sharing what we do, getting the community involved. I mean, our campaign, when I go door to door, I've been to Vernon Hills, Palatine, Hawthorne Woods, Lake Zurich. And when I'm talking to voters and telling them, you know, they've been, the, the response has been overwhelming, overwhelming. And, you know, a lot of, if you look at history and look at politics, there's been a lot of people with a lot of money doesn't guarantee they win an election. Um, what guarantees and what people resonate with people is authenticity and just sharing your story, being honest and really wanting to do the best for the community. And that's what I you know, will do and I'm currently doing. I think that's going to be a really winning message. I know that you won over the hearts and minds of a lot of the uh, membership of the Palatine Township Republicans, and you're doing that and all the way through Ela Township and in Vernon Township. So I think you're on the right track, and I think you found the right winning message of being authentic and going after it. Tosi, do you have a uh, website? Where can people find out more information about you? Yes, and Aaron, I want to say thank you. Aaron is the man. Thank you for all your support in getting me across the finish line. You know, one of the things I want people to do is please go to Tossi, T-O-S-I, for rep. Um, I have a Facebook page. You can donate to my campaign. Every bit counts. You know what? Um, I heard that um, the Democrats said this is going to be the most expensive campaign because they know I'm a great candidate and they're going to spend so much money to try and beat me. And so every dollar, every bit helps. Um, we're going to have, you can join and, and join our team. You know, we, I'm, I tell everybody, I am going to fight for what's right, but I need your support and I humbly ask for your support, your help. And we're going to definitely flip this district and, um, Thank you. Thank you so much for well, having me. Thank you so much for calling in. We're really, you're doing a great job. You got a, an amazing message, a huge background. You're definitely overqualified for the spot, and we're looking forward to seeing your success. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. You guys do a great job, and thank you, and God bless you. God bless thank Illinois. You. See, Pat, that's even a Republican Bye. you can get behind and vote for. Very impressive. Very you impressive. Know what? You've seen this, Patrick, too. Uh, I've seen many, many underfunded candidates are not as funded as well as the other side. You can walk a rep district and win. Yeah, especially a suburban one. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. Tom Morrison yeah. was a little bit more conservative than Palatine is, but he walked and he worked the, pre- the district yeah. hard and Tim he had Schmitz, a lot of success. Tim Schmitz ran against everybody back in the way back in the day. Just walked and he won. Well, speaking of hard workers, we have another candidate that we're going to bring on. We have Michelle Hunter, who's running for state representative um, in the fifty fourth. Michelle, how are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, we're so excited to have you. So, uh, Michelle, tell everybody where you're you're at. I know you're in the 54th District. Tell us what that includes so our listeners can vote for you. Absolutely. Well, as you know, it's been very gerrymandered. It was Tom Morrison's old district. It's been changed now. It's uh, the northern half of Arlington Heights. So pretty much everything north of Euclid Avenue, although it does snake around the downtown area. So I do have the downtown area and all the businesses have been in support of me. Um, and then it's also a little bit of Buffalo Grove, a little bit of Palatine and um, all of uh, Mountain Prospect. So it's basically very gerrymandered district. And um, what the door to door knocking has been the, the, the key I mean, to everything to the success of, um, you know, the petitions and everything else. That's right. And you can check her out at Hunter for Illinois. This is her second time running. She learned so much last time. Yeah. Thank you again for coming out the other uh, meeting that we had in Palatine to talk to all of our constituents and tell them about your message. You know, you know, uh, when I was running for lieutenant governor with the great Gary Rabine, who we're going to have later on in the show. 
um, Michelle was at yeah. every parade. She was working hard. She had a huge following in Palatine Parade and Arlington Heights Parade. So I know you're working out there and you're and you're doing the things that are needed to do. And I think this is going to be your year. Well, thank you. And this is a very grassroots effort, as we know. And and Pat Brady just said it. It's like it's door to door. We are going to be outgunned, outmanned, outspent. We know that. Um, she had three million dollars last year. I had one hundred and fifty thousand. At the same time. Door to door is what is going to change things. And it's boots on the ground. That's where we're at. And honestly, I feel like the more that we get out and the more that we get the vote out, that will change everything. And uh, it's a presidential election. Uh, She's got a bad voting record. There's a lot different this time than an open seat last time. So that uh, there's several different factors to help win this campaign this time around. Well, we're looking forward to it, we're Michelle. All we're all with you, buddy. Michelle. We'll see you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560. The answer. You're listening to Black and Right with John Anthony. I'm Aaron Delmark stepping in for John Anthony today while he is in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. Joining me in the studio is Democrat Pat Brady and from the Illinois, Patrick Fingston. Patrick, thank you for coming and joining us in studio. How are you today? Aaron, thanks for having me. Hey, so I'm one of the guys that, you know, fires over 100 bucks or 125 bucks every year to join your subscription to read about, uh, you know, your newsletter and such. And you, you, you pit it as a conservative or Republican. Republican um, newsletter, I but all it seems I you don't do, do that. I don't do that. It seems that all you do is, is, is you know, back up the Democrats and you know, and vouch for them. Are you part of the Pat Brady Democrat Alliance here that was Republican and is now turning Democrat? Well, one that's completely not true. Uh, I am completely independent in the way that I cover news uh, and and take it to both sides. Uh, I my opinion work remains centrist, conservative, and. Uh, will always be that. And if Pat Brady's got a problem with it, he can stick it. <laughs> <laughs> so are you kind of like the Rich Miller of Republicanism? I'm, I don't compare No, he's myself. actually a journalist. I don't compare myself. <laughs> Rich to Miller him. edits his own not garbage, and yeah. I think he's got his daughter now doing it, too, to like the pass the rain. Is that? It, it, it's, such a, it's such a rag. I don't know why he made I, I, I'm not saying anything about anyone other than myself. I will. And, and what I'll say is that the, the people who cover politics in Illinois, when Illinois has some good government reporters. They don't have a lot of political reporters. And as someone who has been both a on the real journalism side, plus has worked campaigns, I bring a different perspective, and that's what I try to bring with some real analysis and in, insight into what people are trying to do. Has, has anyone ever told you that if you're listening to you on the radio, you sound a lot like Colin Corbett? No, but I'm glad I don't look like Colin. <laughs> Colin's all right. We're give a shout out to uh, Colin out there. Core strategies. So Patrick, you know you 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 do a really good job of immersing yourself in a lot of the political stuff and looking at all the different races around the state. What would you say the top two races that everyone should be keeping an eye on? That'll be those tier one races. Well, the thing in Illinois next year is that there are no statewide races up. So other than the presidential race, which is already decided, no matter who the uh, the Republicans nominate or the Democrats nominate because Republicans will not win that race statewide in any fashion lately. Um, and they put themselves in that position for the most part. Uh, none of your suburban congressional districts are going to be competitive. You've got a, a big downstate Southern Illinois congressional primary. I, I'm I'm laser focused on legislative seats because especially in the House, they are 
absolutely remarkable to look at. And, and you've got 78 Democrats with with a map that has been gerrymandered so in their favor, they could absolutely pick up seats and be 80 plus next year. So where do you think that we could see some Republican inroads? I know that Tossie's going to be one of those tier one races. And, I've, you know, we're going to have Tony McCombie, the minority leader of the House, on with us in a little bit. But uh, where do you see the, any races that you've kind of identified that maybe, you know, Republican can win that district? So here's the problem for Republicans next year is that they hold seven seats uh, that Joe Biden won in 2020. Uh, Democrats hold zero seats that Donald Trump won in 2020. So there are so few pickup opportunities for for Republicans that they're they're essentially on defense next year. There are a couple in the suburbs that they think they can pick up, like the the 45th where Deanne Mazaki got uh, gerrymandered out of her district uh, in Elmhurst, and the the Democrat who beat her only um, only served one term and she's leaving. Um, you know, maybe Tara Costa Howard if they can find a, a good candidate, but but really they've got a really tough road ahead of them next year. Thing is, but I, the only uh, disagreement I'm not really disagreeing is it depends on who the, we nominate as Republicans. If Donald Trump's at the top of the ticket, Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. No, he's not. If, but because if, 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 you think he's going to be incarcerated, well, he's going to be. No, he, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. Not to his no, cult hey, look, of okay, personality. Let me, let me finish, please. All right. I'm just oh, saying. See, Pat gets emotional if you cut him off, right? Because he doesn't like that. No, but I, yeah, I don't <laughs> so like I being cut to get off. Feelings, anybody. Are you catching feelings, Pat? No. I'll get Jeannie Ives in here. She'll, she'll kick you right where it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste of time she is. Uh, the thing is, if he is the nominee, and we're a long way a year away, and I, don't, I think that there's a good chance he wouldn't be, if we nominate somebody like a Nikki Haley, um, I think some of those races are completely different races. And it has a big the, – the reality is Donald Trump lost the state by a million votes twice. He took – we cost us two congressional districts. These sound like talking points. He's no, like, no, these aren't talking points. These are you, facts. Did you pack I, these, no, I, these I, I, before you I came walked here today? those districts. Right. And, and for Republicans need to wake up and realize that this MAGA Aaron nonsense is not going to work. <laughs> and it hasn't worked. And you want to be the minority party like they're in California. I'm already right? a minority, Pat. <laughs> MAGA Republicans like Aaron Del Mar. Yeah. Thank you. But look at the results. We Ever since he's been leader of the party, all we've done is lose. So so you keep talking about Donald Trump and how you hate it. And, and Pat, I, I know that you're a huge fan of Donald Trump, too, right? So I'm getting the two-on-one action over here. But um, what you can't say, I mean, the economy was strong under Donald Trump. The, the way that talk our nation, nobody was, getting, nobody was getting invaded when Donald Trump was president. You think he held that off? I think that this you know, guy that, coddles dictators. This guy kind of deal with Erdogan. They still weren't invading ban- whatever the yeah, but it had nothing, was, it had nothing to do with Donald Trump. Other countries. Nobody was going me? into Israel. Nobody was you going think, into Ukraine. Right? Do you really think that had to do with Donald Trump? The time I think, about, I think about reading talking strong, points. When America's strong, our enemies wasn't and our strong. adversaries. He's, you know, Donald I'm Trump is a, about, he's a Donald draft Trump, I'm dodger. About America. America I know, was but it wasn't stronger. You don't think that was strong? You're so worried about what everybody in France thinks about America. No, not it's not got about all. putting America first. Right? You, uh, you remember, remember Donald, the guy that draft, uh, dodged a draft in the Vietnam that, War? That the guy that coddled, that coddled the Xi and Putin and said they're smart. The guy that abandoned the troops in, in, in Syria. So calling them names doesn't help them. No, I'm just saying, but this, us, I'm not calling right? but to, to, to make this talking point suggestion that somehow the world was safe with Donald Trump, they used and, to mock Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a horror, other than Obama, who was horrible at foreign policy, 
Donald Trump was a train wreck for the United States of America. You know, I can tell you, well, here's what I can tell you for real life experience, because all these other people like yourselves and and you say, oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. I can tell you this. When my parents, you know, are are about your age and um, they do the, they have to do their qualified withdrawals, mandatory qualified withdrawals. And every time they would do that, they take, you know, a certain amount of money out of the bank. The stock market, the next month would rise enough where it didn't, it didn't affect them. The money was still back there. You see what the market was yesterday? I I didn't see the market. 36,000. Did you see what the last quarter's GDP was? 5.3%. 5.3%. We haven't had that since Reagan. You know where interest or inflation is now? Three. You know what the Fed's... And here we go. Wait, we no, got, no, we no. Let's talk reality. Let's right talk reality. Office, let's, let's talk reality. Uh, 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 inflation's at 3%. The Fed's target's two. Gas prices in Illinois are like about three, probably 49 a gallon. I'm not defending Biden, but this notion that somehow everything was great. Nobody added more debt to our children and in the history of this country than Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Pat, what do you think? Trump added significantly more debt than Obama did, which right. is a fact. Right. Um, and, it seems and, like all the Trump haters always shift to the debt, debt ceiling. They well, don't talk about the economy. They don't talk about the growth. They don't talk about lower taxes. They don't talk about only you know, one international tax, There was only one tax, but if you lived in Illinois, your taxes didn't get lowered. My taxes under the Trump plan went up. Well, it's because you got all that white privilege and making all no, that no, money no, over no, there as no, an no. attorney working for the Democrats. About, how about your real estate taxes, you suburban voters? You can't deduct over more than 10000 now because of the Donald Trump economic plan. Yeah, how are those Ela Township and Palatine yeah, Township? I'm sure they're thrilled looking at the property well, taxes. Well, if you if you actually think about it, you, well, if you want to you want to talk about it, listen, the reason that the taxes in Palatine Township are so high, it doesn't have to do with the federal government. It has to do with the local government, and 78 percent of our tax bill goes to the schools. And the reason we like have we, the reason like we pay those bills is because we want good schools. Because I don't want to save fifty dollars on not, my property tax and then okay. lose five hundred thousand dollars in the you, value of my lost, home. You lost your point. You're trying to defend Donald Trump with high local property taxes. You're not. You're not. The the issue here is that we need to talk about the future. The last four years have been a blank show. The four years before that were a blank show. Okay, who can do better? Right. And so who do you think is going to do better? Get, and we're getting a Trump Biden rematch. So Pat Brady we, we wants Grandpa lose. Joe. Who do you want? Who do we you want? Lose. Are you going to vote for? Are you going to vote for Joe Biden too? I'm going to do probably the same thing that I've done the last two presidential elections and sit it out. Sit it out. So, well, I'm over. But, there's I, other Republicans. But why don't you, you're not going to go and cut a commercial for the Democrat like Pat did. You're not oh, going to against. Listen, I, I lived in that district when I cut that commercial. Well, you live in the United States. No you're not going to cut a commercial for Joe Biden. Jeannie Ives, Marjorie Taylor's uh, twin, sitting in Congress screaming and yelling to get clicks on her website. I wasn't going to vote for. Her. I gotcha. I gotcha. What always goes back to that? No, it's just the the the, the to to not we, focus the, on people that want to get things done. Rather than bomb throw and demagogue issues, I think I think that's just being a responsible. So the, the the reality is, what Donald Trump is right now is a caricature of a wannabe dictator, and it's not working, and he's not going to work. And and the Republican Party, if it has any hopes of making inroads in Illinois, they they need to understand that that he is the past, he is not the future. I don't know. I think there's a lot of listeners out there that would disagree with both of you. He lost this state by a million votes. Twice. Well, of course, in Illinois, but he's still. No, but that he, he drags, won Ohio. He won Michigan. Okay, you run a township. He, he won Wisconsin. He, he won you, Florida. He won it, and he lost to Joe Biden. You run a township. Has Donald Trump been good in attracting suburban women to vote for you guys? I think for the, the Republicans. I, I think we. I think the question they need to be asking is: is who? You, just you know, you question? keep you keep talking about this like <laughs> this is. You know, when we go to election day. It's, you think it's Valentine's Day that we got to love and coddle and really appreciate the person we're voting to. When we go to election day. It is a strategic move. It's a chess move about who's going to move America forward and who's going to put our values in the positions that we want forward. I don't care for a lot of the antics like anybody else. Well, let me does, ask you this: but thing. I just want to make sure that our economy is growing and that we, our what's kids his, are protected his, and moving his, forward. We'll get, your, we'll get your we'll get your agenda right after this commercial break, Pat. 
Let's get it to him, baby girl. Hey, hey. That's right. Black and right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. You're listening to Black and Right with John Anthony, and this is Aaron Delmar sending in for the awesome, uh, super superb, hardworking John Anthony who's out there in Indianapolis. John, I hope you're nice and warm and uh, having a good time out there. We're going to bring in our next caller. She is awesome. She just recently was elected minority leader of the Illinois House. Um, I think she needs no introduction. Uh, We have Representative Tony McCombie with us today. Tony, you there? I'm here. Hey, thanks so much for jumping on the show. So um, you have one Republican and and one independent, a Democrat here in the studio with us. I got uh, Patrick uh, Finkson and Pat Brady here. And hey, Tony, studio. you know better. <laughs> I was going to say, which one's the Democrat? You know better. <laughs> you know what? I we I got to tell you, I really enjoyed meeting your husband. He's a great guy. He is a great guy. I'm very lucky. He's a good dude. I got to meet him up at Carroll County Lincoln Day Dinner. We had a lot of fun up there. Um, it was it was, it was, a, it was a little risky, but I think the, it was worth the risk. We had uh, I did their little keynote speech, and we had a lot of fun. Well, you're, you're golf fighting out there at um, Lake Carroll. That was so nice out there. Yeah. My it parents used to have a place over there. So, so, Tony, we're going to jump right in. So we had two uh, two of the candidates running for house. I think uh, really awesome candidates. We had Tossie and we had Michelle. Um, from the 51st and 54th district, um, you know they're working hard up here in the Northwest Cook suburbs, a little bit into Lake up here. So I think you'd be very proud of them. I know you've been doing a lot of support and chum around. What are some of the other uh, races that you uh, feel pretty good about around the state, and how we're going to expand our uh, our minority group of Republican legislatures? Hmm. Tony. I think we might have lost her. I think she'll, she'll... Peter? I don't know. Well, I, we can answer. So she, she didn't she, like my question. She's going to pick up 25 seats. They're going to raise $25 million. It's going to be a complete turnaround. Well, the thing is, I mean, the, it's going to come down a lot. She did drop off, but I'm sure she'll be back. That that A lot of this comes down to money. Right. You know, Republicans are outgunned uh, financially in legislative races. Uh, partially, in fact, that the fact that the governor has put... Uh, millions into both House and Senate Democratic campaign coffers and unions are essentially the the Democratic piggy bank. Well, we have some donors, too. What about if we get Dick Uline involved in some of these races that he starts to sprinkle a little bit? Well, in, Dick Uline's got a pretty bad track record in Illinois so far. How about O for $130 million? Yeah, other than the the Dan, two, Proft, other, the Dan Proft approach, lose everything. Other than the plus one that they got in the Senate last year, uh, then, yeah, it was a pretty... Literally, they, the, the, the whole Proft deal in the last... They have literally spent all that money and never flipped a seat. Well, you know what? We're going to bring on a guy that knows a little bit about having some success in Illinois. Um, We're going to bring on the former uh, candidate for governor. We got Gary Rabon. Hey, Gary, how you doing, buddy? Gary, what's up, buddy? How are you guys? Good. Where where are you you at, Gary? Where, Where are you calling in from? I'm in this lousy place called Naples, Florida, where the taxes are low and, and jobs are abundant and business is, is roaring. Oh, my goodness. The thing is, though, Gary, down there in Naples, everybody I try to avoid in Chicago goes to Naples. I'm kidding. Yeah, you, there's a lot of that. <laughs> How you been, buddy? How's your family? Family's awesome. They're doing great. Our businesses are going strong. My kids are doing a great job running our businesses. We're, we're having a lot of fun. But hey, you know what? It reminds, it reminds I listened to you guys earlier here today, probably an hour ago, I guess, for a while. And just reminded me of the, of the good old days. Like our campaign a year, year and a half ago, whatever it was. Gary, you're a great candidate. Yeah. You guys, you guys arguing about the messaging and, 
and the positioning and all that. And, hey, what people don't understand, in my opinion, is, you know what, I believe, and it's, and it's Lincoln's team of rivals. Remember that, the team of rivals sure. the book about Lincoln? What did he do? He surrounded himself with people that thought a little differently, right? Probably aligned core values-wise or whatever, but overall, Lincoln's leadership is what taught me how to lead in business. And when I was running for governor, what did I do? I found a Pat Brady who thought a little different than me, but I respected most of what Pat Brady. Well, if you want to get the insight of how the Democrats think, Pat Brady's the guy you want to go to. Right? Well, you know, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know all about Illinois, the legislative bodies, how it works, and all that, right? And I knew Pat would, wouldn't BS me, and I knew that Pat had a lot of answers of, of how how Illinois government was built, right? And well, and, and I knew that with 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 Aaron. I would get I would get a guy that had had the toughness and grit that I wanted to see, right? Because in Illinois, we can't turn that state around unless we get gritty people that think differently, right? That that aren't afraid to to, to get kick some ass, right? To get in people's faces when you have to. And we would have had that with the team that that we were building. But unfortunately, unfortunately, right? Unfortunately, the the, the Pritzker machine put thirty five million into a, our, our opponent's race, and 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 everybody fell for it. So, yeah, Gary, Gary heard, you would have been a, I, I, and I said this to you the whole time, you would have been a great governor just because of that common sense approach to getting things done. It's kind of like yeah. Aaron. As much as I've been teaching Aaron over the last couple of years, <laughs> Gary's not listening still, but you're two guys that get stuff done and you can't have a debate and be respectful, but you guys get stuff done. That's why I was, was always well, fun you know, to work with I you I used to say, you know, Gary started out literally as a, dick, a ditch digger, right? And he built his company in Illinois, and a national company, not because of Illinois, but in spite of Illinois and all the hardships that are and oppressive taxes and, and hurting growth out here. And he was able to do it. So being able to succeed in other states like Florida where in other areas that have more, uh, you know, freedom over government, um, it wasn't shocking. You know, he also it, won the Channel 7 debate. He did win the Channel Seven debate. That closing argument, whoever whoever helped out in that closing argument, I think did a did a great job on that one. Oh, we had a blast with that, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. So, Gary, we're going to go to commercial here in about ten seconds. We want you to stay on with us because we got a couple questions. We want to talk about. Uh, we hear that you were supporting DeSantis. We want to hear about it. Yeah, you got. All right, it. we're going to we're going to go to commercial real quick, and we're coming right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. This is Black and Right with John Anthony. This is your guest host, Aaron Delmar, filling in for John while he's out in Indianapolis. Uh, We have Gary Rabine, former candidate for governor of Illinois, uh, who has a huge amount of experience and great decision making. I mean, I can't think of a better lieutenant governor than Gary picked. Um, <laughs> you know, in my own mind. So, Gary. So, the the rumor that I heard is that you went down. You took the you took the campaign trailer down to Florida. Somebody knocked the wheels off of it, and now you're stuck down in Naples. You know, are you, you living in the in the campaign trailer, Gary? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, it it was, wasn't quite that. It wasn't quite that bad. You know, I, I, little, what do you do during a hurricane? I'm not the best planner in the world, but I kind of planned this out. If something happened, I lost. I'm probably going to go somewhere else because I knew that Pritzker was going to ruin the great state of Illinois even worse than, than, than he already had. So either way, but hey, hey, when I, when I, when I came down here, right, what I, what I found was, again, seriously, when I, when I weigh out the tax, you know, taxation here, it's not the lowest in the country. It's just very fair. It's somewhere in the middle, right, a little better than, than middle of the road. Like Illinois, if Illinois could be middle of the road, guess what? It would be a booming state. Instead, we're the highest tax state with the lowest value. We, we deliver the lowest value. Here, they, they, they get mid-range taxes with the most value, you know, when it, when it comes to opportunity. 
when it comes to when it comes to a lot of things, weather, when it comes to so many things. And you got a great great governor down here and and a, and, a, and a team of legislators I think that are pretty good. Gary Patrick, yeah, Patrick Fingston here, Gary. Um, you know, you've got MAGA Republican Aaron Del Mar over here, but you're uh, you know, you're you're in for DeSantis whose campaign has been struggling. You were previously a Trump guy. Where did where and when did you switch allegiance and why? So here's the thing with with Trump if Trump if Trump wins this primary, which the odds are high that he will, I'll be behind him also, right? But he's not the right he's not the best candidate at this point. He's, he's, I wouldn't hire an 80-year-old guy to run my smallest company, okay? I, could he be a mentor to somebody? Of course. Should he be leading the, the 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 biggest economy in the world? Absolutely not. And so that's that's but guess what? If he wins, he's a hell of a lot better than the alternative. Okay? The Marxist Marxist led organization that that is the Democratic Party is going to ruin our country. So so is Trump better than that? Of course. So my friends that that won't vote for Trump because they like somebody else right now are ignorant, and I, and I and I got to tell you, I, I, they're 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 they'll be responsible for the death of our country if if people that are, that call themselves conservatives, call themselves God loving Americans, don't vote for whoever the candidate is that wins this Republican the Republican side. Definitely. So now, Gary, that you're down in Florida, you spend any time with Charlie Kirk down there? <laughs> I don't know if we still got Gary. You still there, Gary? I'm here, yeah. Hey, so I said, if you're down in Florida, you spend any time with Charlie Kirk, or who'd he's down there too? Charlie's down here once in a while. He's got an event coming up next week and stuff. But but I've, I've been I've been actually on you know around around DeSantis a little bit. Got to know him a little bit. Spent some time with him. DeSantis. Here's the other reason I'm behind DeSantis. You guys know when I when I was fighting the vaccine mandate, and and we eventually won that the Supreme Court with Job Creators Network. Was he huge. was the guy that. Initially, it wasn't much different than all the governors, but he was the first one that stood out and said, okay, I, 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 we're, we're not going to force this on anybody. I had conversations with him. He was 100% behind our lawsuit. I had converse, conversations with Trump, and Trump was not 100% behind that lawsuit against Biden and the vaccine mandate. And that, so that was one thing. The other thing is this, this governor has been fiscally responsible like no other governor in the country. This, this state runs at a big surplus. Stupid-ass states like Illinois are broke. And and but there's and many Republican states have problems fiscally as well. Trump was not a fiscal hawk. He you know, he, he he ran our debt up more than anybody else, except I think he was tied with Obama in a four year period, right? So either way, he he wasn't fiscally responsible in my opinion. So I, I believe that the Stantis is way more fiscally responsible. He 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 stands up against craziness like the vaccine mandates. He also stood up and, and opened his state up earlier than anybody else when it came to business, schools, churches. Faster than anybody else. That's right. Well, Gary, we really appreciate jumping on the call with us. Gary, you coming back up? When are we going to see you, man? We yeah, got to get man. the band back together. I'll be back up for Christmas, and then a, a few times in January, or February. So let's well, maybe if you got if if one of these days, if you get a knock on the door, see a couple guys standing there. That's me and Aaron. We're coming down. Yeah, we'll come see you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, but it's, it's pretty hot down here, and I don't want to see those banana hammocks you guys wear when they get above oh, me. You should see Aaron, man. He, he's on. He, I see him. I'm out, brown like all Michigan. year round, guys. <laughs> Gary, we're glad you're doing well, my yeah, friend. Give my good best talking to you, family buddy. And everything. Love Merry Christmas. Good talking to you guys, too. Merry Christmas, guys. So, see you. We, got, we got two minutes, and then we're going to go to commercial break. Then we're going to bring Tony McCombie back. We Gary's have a little a, technical. You know, Gary's a very decent human being. He's a really good man. I always like Gary. 
Okay. Yeah, we you know, he was he was great to uh to campaign with and work with and get to know. We spent a lot of time and I'll tell you what, that camp that campaign um bus that we had was, was had a fireplace in it, man. It was nice. Let me ask you a question. Sure. How what what did you learn about politics running statewide? What I learned about politics statewide is Illinois is a very uniquely diverse state. Everyone thinks about Illinois, they just think about Chicago. But the second you get out of the suburban collar areas, you're in God's country. It looks like a scene from Yellowstone. You know what I mean? And, and, and really, when you go down there, it, it, it does resemble a lot of the you know, traditional South. And the messaging and, and the, the things that people are, have down there are a lot different. And when you need to govern Illinois, you need to govern the whole state of Illinois, not just Chicago. But you got to govern central Illinois and downstate. And they have different values and they have different concerns. You know, and so you know, we have, uh, that's something that you have to be cognizant of, and especially coming to your point about being able to legislate. Um, you have to be able to work with you know a lot of your downstate legislatures that are concerned about those issues, um, you know, concerned about you know agriculture and things like that. But then you also have the heavily populance, populance dense um, Chicago and, and Crook County, right? And and some of those same messages like you talk about don't work up here. Um, so spending the time in Southern Illinois and getting to know the people down there was was awesome. And I Gary deployed me a lot because he had to do a lot of TV yeah, up north, and yeah. they set me down down there, and I got to meet some amazing people. Got to go down my buddy Doug Cocker in Edgar County and I got to meet um, the people in Madison County and all, the, all, all these different counties that I got to go to and speak at the Lincoln Day dinners and make a whole lot of new friends. 560 was, miles tip to tip the state is. Yeah, and you know what I mean? I, I flew down to St. Louis because it was easier to go to St. Louis and then drive up to go down to Edwardsville and other places. Carbondale is an hour and a half south of Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. It's, it's Boston to Richmond. Alright, when yeah. we come exactly. back we're going to have exactly. Minority Leader Tony McCombie. We got her back on the line and, got the, and uh, we're going to be rocking and rolling. So stay tuned. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. You're listening to Black and Right, the John Anthony Show. I'm Aaron Delmar, stepping in for John here today, and I've got Democrat Pat Brady and Patrick Kingston with me today. And now we've got over our technical difficulties, and we have Minority Leader of the Illinois House, Tony McCombie. Tony, you there? I am here. Hey, Tony, I stepped in when you went off for a second and said that your plan was you're going to pick up 28 seats. Oh, gosh, that'd be great. He's being really concerned. That's the only time Pat Brady's ever been conservative in his life. So, <laughs> so Tony, we're excited. We got to talk to Tassie. We got to talk to Michelle Hunter. Um, we love their chances, and they're working, they're working their tails off out here in the, in the suburbs. What are some of the other races that you got your, uh, your eye on? Do you pick up some seats for us in the Illinois House? Well, I think that's the most important thing about this cycle is actually our candidate recruitment uh, regardless of what the numbers say, the, the, the folks that have come forward and the, and the, and the folks that we have talked to uh, have been instrumental on, on what the end result will be. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. We, we just had a, a, an event here in Chicago, and I, I invited the existing legislators up to the front of the room. And uh, I, I said, hey, you know, I said, this is, this is typically, there was, I think, six or seven of us Republican women and the, and the rest of the crowd. I said, this is what the makeup of the House looks like. I said, you know, we, here we are in the minority and all of you out there are the majority. And I said, but let's take a moment and let me introduce you to all of our, our female candidates. And they all came up to the front of the room and I said, doesn't that look a little bit better? And, and, and the point is, is we, we have several races, I would say five five solid seats that we are looking at um, that are concentrating on that we have great candidates. And then we have a couple of sleepers and uh, depending if people are waking up and realizing uh, people outside of this 
listening um, to this radio uh, show, if people are waking up and and paying attention to how little they have in their their checkbooks, the in, uh, the increase of their credit card debt, uh, the inability to refinance their mortgage, the inability to buy a car uh, because of the the rates of the interest rates. I mean, I, we're really going to have a, a productive year if people are paying attention uh, and if they actually show up. And a lot of our areas are in the suburbs, and people are worried about uh, who's at the top of the ticket. And at this point, I'm not worried about the top of the ticket. I'm worried about what people are, uh, how they're affected day to day. Leader Patrick Fingston here. I, I got into a little tussle with the governor this week because we talked about a, a, a lack of transparency and where that 160 million from migrant for migrant funding is coming from. Um, he said it, they've been perfectly transparent about it but still haven't given a list of line items except behind a paywall of a democratic blog what's the concern as to what the governor and his administration is doing and how they're spending money that has been appropriated for other things to send toward this crisis well it's very it's very concerning uh and this is not a new thing i think with the start of covid uh whether it's illinois or other states the executive rule uh, has been a real issue, and I think a lot of governors have gotten used to that. And uh, that that's not that's not the point of government. There has to be a balance, and we in the House and the Senate are part of that balance. And we need to be part of that transparency, and uh, we need to be part of those conversations. I I, I highly anticipate um, a supplemental, and what's going to be in that supplemental? I'm going to uh, think, and you guys have all been fully aware, and a lot of your listeners are fully aware, uh, there's going to be a lot more in that than humanitarian issues. There's going to be some BS in there. There's going to be some court projects. And uh, that's one of the things that I, I hope Illinoisans are paying attention to because those court projects aren't affecting the majority of Illinois and actually, quite honestly, aren't even affecting the people in the suburbs of Chicago. It's not their day-to-day. Anything they can do to grow government is what they want to do. Well, we're so happy that we have a fiscal hawk like you working for us as the minority leader in the House, and we're excited about the opportunities that we have to pick up more seats. You can count on Black and Right Radio to be as supportive as we can, so please let us know how we can promote any events we have going on in the future, and thanks so much for jumping on the call. I appreciate that. You just get your people out to vote. That's what we need. You got it. You've been listening to Black and Right with John Anthony and Aaron Delmar. Thank you so much to Patrick and Pat Brady, our fellow Democrat out here. So thank you. Come listen I miss John Anthony. Get him back. <laughs> Have a great <laughs> night, everybody. See ya. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.